Hey, what's up, guys? This is Daniel Logan, Boba Fett, Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode 2, and you're listening to Below the Bout Show. Hey, join me on the dark side. We have cookies. <laughs> the Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Pleasure, guys. We have an amazing show. As per usual, guys, each and every week, man, we bring you the greatest in entertainment banter, celebrity interviews, uh, news, views, and crazy opinions all wrapped up in one crazy podcast, guys. And uh, tonight is no exception. We welcome BTB's A-Team. It's a three-man panel tonight, guys. Let's go ahead and start with, he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. What's going on? Hey, <laughs> McFly. Good to have you back on BTB. It's been a minute. It's been a couple minutes, actually. It's not been enough minutes. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure you definitely missed us uh, with your gallivanting and good times, I'm sure. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were traveling the world again. That's where I thought. But uh, I wish I was. But, uh, nonetheless, we also only have in my to mind. Only in your mind. Only in your I'm mind. Yeah. Stuck here in cold Maryland. <laughs> it's a long winter, hasn't it? It's yeah. I mean, hey, it uh, wasn't. It wasn't so bad today. Like it got up to the fifties, and it's uh, not so bad. To yeah, I went out back. without a without a big heavy coat on, and I thought that was a victory. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, should we introduce him now that he's spoken? Uh, we can start. The show. Well, <laughs> my voice, my voice conveys. Uh, somebody actually told me last night that I have a voice for podcasting. Well, they say, and, there you go. There you go. Of course, that might be a face for podcasting. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. like shall, a, we, shall we do the introduction? Yeah, he is the Persian prince of pop culture. He is a fan favorite. He is the uh, I call him Jen. Well, fan. maybe one fan. Uh, Gen Pop, Gen 13, the list goes on and on. Mike, the General Zod. How's it hanging? I'm General Zod. Zod, I, I own thing. <laughs> Zod, I, I, the hell is Gen 13? <laughs> we'll see. That was so a Gen comic thir- in the 90s. Thank Gen you. 13. Drawn and... by one of my favorite artists, J. Scott uh-huh. Campbell. It was one of J. Scott Campbell's first works, actually. 
And that's and actually know, that whole that whole concept of Gen 13. That's what they like. I remember when I was in college, I read this book. Uh, it was like this almost scholarly thing called Gen 13. And that's what they originally used to call Gen X. Like uh, mm-hmm. when we started becoming a generation that people started um, um, studying, it was called right. it was supposed to be because it was the thir- 13th generation since the start of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> And that yes, was that's very good. And yeah, a lot of people say this kind of information. Well, some people yeah. said it's a blatant ripoff of of Generation X from yeah, uh, which, Marvel. which was which was a Marvel comic at the time, right? Yeah. But um, so yeah. they, you know, um, I think they certainly made their own uh, name for themselves. Well, those so those characters are completely forgotten now. Like they don't appear anywhere. Like DC well, actually bought them and then just DC never bought them. them. Um, actually, it's uh, actually funny you mentioned they bought them from Marvel. No, they it was part of um, Image Comics. So Image I Comics. actually okay. picked yeah, up like, the. Tachi, you ever guys? heard of the Wildcats? No. Okay, well the Wildcats. So it's basically comic books' biggest egos uh, got together and said, "Hey, I'm gonna make my own comic book." And um, that's what happened, basically. So here it is. This is a Gen 13. Okay, so now, they made that for Image Comics. and then Image Comics, yeah. And uh, Chachi, you're familiar with uh, this artist because uh, we, I wanted to stop by his booth at the New York Comic Con. His, his art has certainly evolved oh, over man. the years, but uh, he's known for drawing, like, beautiful women. And yeah, with that's, kind that's of like pretty Dis- much his whole thing. With, with like, <laughs> Dis- like, Disney Disney features, you know? Um <laughs> A little uh, bit of but, uh, a little bit of an anime type influence because they all have exactly. big eyes, but yeah. it's exactly. not it's not overtly anime. I mean, exactly. you can see what's the main character Fairchild. You can Fairchild, see her ass. yeah. Air, so, I mean, she's, look, you can I mean, see her ass quite well on the you cover. Can see her ass yeah. on this cover, yeah. right? Remember so, our show used to have um, playmates on it, <laughs> and now we're looking at at comics from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's a. Uh, a, a uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> animated ass. I know. Well, Playmates don't really exist anymore, Chachi, as you know. Yeah, I, I yeah. Didn't know that. You know that a lot of you know. Uh, you know, I was actually, you know, it, it actually got to wondering, like, how many of those, how many like porno mags still exist today? Like, do they like? Is there really even a market for just that the anymore? ones I've saved for my youth? But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's not too many um, straight ones anymore. How many gay ones are are still there? Yeah, the internet has revolutionized porn, guys. Yeah, like, like I don't know. I mean, of course, like you know, I haven't looked for them. But if you go to like, like back in the day, you could go to Royal Farms, and there would be like a whole section that would have, um, you know, all these ones that you could imagine. Yeah, and I can't imagine like there's a lot of people like, you know, think about how few people buy like print anything anymore like print magazines or newspapers or anything like that Man. why would you why would you spend money on porn <laughs> i mean i still i still buy um blacktail magazine blacktail just, just for the articles they were oh, for the articles, articles yeah. yes oh, okay nice nice well guys uh, i guess we're in a kind of a weird perverted weird mood um here i thought <laughs> i thought it'd be uh <laughs> I, I thought of a topic, and I thought it would be an interesting topic because it's something that director Steve Soderbergh said in an interview, which is basically my Jewish name, Soderbergh. Um, but and, <laughs> oh, basically, we go. we go. he, we're off the air. Steven said that 
he will not direct a superhero comic, not because he's a snob, not because he's lower tier, but because there's no fucking. He said nobody's fucking. Well, they, I, had, a, they had a sex scene in Eternals. Right. And, well, yeah. And he said, and, I don't know and how actually, to tell people how to behave in a world with that. It's not such a thing. Well, so, you got to you gotta think. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you. No, finish. no, but this is what I wanted to get to the, the topic. That being said, in any of the superhero movies, or hell, even go sci-fi, Star Wars, if you want, any of your favorite fandoms, what particular characters would you like to see in a sex scene that you haven't seen before? Maybe it's maybe it's really forbidden, you know. Maybe it's uh, wild and crazy, um, but uh, you know. Um, but general, you had you had you had something to bring up about the Eternals. Well, but, like, yeah, there, there was, was there was a sex scene in the in the Eternals movie, and that I think was, that was the first MCU sex scene, actually, I believe. Yeah, and you know, you think about it, like, um, I don't know, maybe like for a lot of it, it would be kind of. I mean, there, there's always the implication that um, you know all of these superheroes they're supposed to be. Oh, I just got a. Got a little um, podcast. And um, so we got a... um, Because, like, you think about it, like, there's so many superhero characters that wear these, like, you know, they have these, like, perfect bodies and they wear these, like, tight outfits and everything. So they're already kind of sexualized, but they're sexualized in this, like, really kind of um, almost innocent way. Like... Like, could you could you picture Spider-Man having sex with Mary Jane, for example? Like, that yeah, would, absolutely. You think so? You think so? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's not who I had in mind. But why don't you think of one general that comes to mind that you'd love to see on screen? But um, I, I, I guess this is my topic. I'll start of who I'd love to see. Um, I would love to see. <laughs> I would love to see Hulk Hogan, not as Mark Ruffalo, the human version, but. Oh, sorry, I would like to see the Incredible Hulk. Hulk Hogan. I was gonna say Hulk Hogan. Wow. <laughs> sorry, I got that. Can you already that see that sex tape? <laughs> sorry, I'd like to see the Incredible Hulk, not as Mark Ruffalo, not as Bruce Banner, mind you, but as the green, the big green monster yeah. with his giant green cock, uh, and um, the oh, superheroine I'd like to choose would be Scarlett um, Johansson's version of Black Widow. Um, Yes, that that he would just exactly exactly. Well, I mean, okay, so uh, you you would love to see that happen. That would make me uncomfortable (laughs) to watch that. No, I want to see. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised he's thinking about the Credible Hawks um, yeah. giant green dick. <laughs> this is it's very telling like, you right know, the now. Big, big black guys that, that bang the cute little blonde girl. Oh, we are getting a very, very unwelcome view into Al's psyche right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but what it's in a similar vein because he's, the Hulk is huge and he's hulking. He's, he's gigantic and, uh. you know. Um, Actually, you know, you know, two characters, hats. two characters that I I would like. I like. Okay, general. There, there are a few characters that I could imagine fucking. Two of them, okay. unfortunately, they aren't in movies yet. They were supposed to be in the that new Gods movie that never uh, that never materialized. That got okay. Uh, but Mister Miracle and Big Barda, I think, is interesting. Two characters, and I know they're super obscure. Most people don't know them. Oh, I know exactly Shocker. who they are. I think. But, 
it's it's hard for me like i don't know maybe it's because i've grown up reading comics and like you know mm-hmm. with superhero stuff it's really really hard for me to imagine a lot of these characters having sex it is okay. and i think a lot of really? it is because it's i found uh, that hard to believe <laughs> <laughs> so why big barda and uh, mr miracle because they they haven't been I don't believe they're that they've been live action yet. Maybe in no, they haven't album. been. Okay. They haven't been live action, but they've okay. been like this established couple for a long. Yes, in yes, comics. I know they have an uh, Eisner Award. And and there is well. they've actually in the comics they've they've kind of written them as like being like you know as as much as they could get away with in comics they you know they've implied that they they're kind of freaky deaky with each other. And, uh. But it's like like. You know, you think about, like, established couples in comics, in, well, in movies. Like, who are the established, like, Batman and Catwoman, for example. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I could see, I could imagine them having sex. Superman, I'll explain, it would be... Now, since um, Batman and Catwoman have existed in in the DC Universe's live action, is Uh there a particular version of of Batman and Catwoman that you choose? It could be from all of them. Adam West and Julie Newmar, of course. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. He's so obscure, this guy. <laughs> no, that's the that's the original uh, Batman. Of course it is. Chuck. Of course yeah. it is. I know, I know well, who it is. That, that also <laughs> ties into this like weird story about Adam West, where he and Burt Ward apparently they got a lot of ass in in, in Hollywood <laughs> in the sixties. And I know somebody uh, whose mom hooked up with Adam West. Oh really? <laughs> yes, in real life. Yeah. Wow. Met him at a um, like a car show. Wow, that's an interesting story. Maybe they can talk about him one time. Uh, uh, Chachi, do you have a favorite um, um, superhero or or um, protagonist from any yeah um, any lore that you'd love to see get it on on screen? I mean, unlike these two other guys on this podcast, I've never masturbated to a comic book, um, <laughs> but. If I had to try to pick somebody, I would live say, action, live action, Chachi, live action. Oh, live action, you want? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Marvel movies. Yeah, you can, that's a reference point for you. You can do use live action. And the first thing that Alvin was talked about was Incredible Hulk's green penis, which even before he even got to um, Scarlett Johansson, which I thought was very interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick. Um, I guess it would be Super Mario and Princess Toadstool. Really? <laughs> because you mean you mean Bob Hoskins and who played Princess Toadstool? Toadstool in the Mario Brothers movie? I don't even know. No, I'm not talking about him, or I'm not talking about um, yeah, Captain Lou Albano or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about just the you know just a video game. Captain Lou oh. Albano. Yeah, Captain Lou was um, Super Mario. On the um, TV show, that really? cartoon. Yeah, he introduced the cartoon. Holy yes. shit! I didn't can't know remember that. who played Luigi, but they had a whole like You're right. rap rap at You're the beginning, right, like the yeah. Mario Brothers and Plumbing's the game, and they had a whole rap at the beginning of the episode. It was in the '90s. So you'd like to see the eight-bit versions of uh, Mario and Princess Toast, or or you know, sixteen-bit or sixty-four-bit, only I because see. you got to figure all the stuff that Mario went through to save mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was like like you know bombs going off and goombas and like going through <laughs> all these pipes and jumping over these um these pits and all the stuff. I mean, it was a lot of stuff he had to do to save her, save her multiple times from Bowser. Yeah, you know? and I think all he got was like a peck on the lip. I think at the end of that, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like he risked his, 
he risked how many lives did he did he risk in all these games? Oh I mean, my god, right. Yeah. Thousands of lives, you know. Right. Get shot up by fireballs and everything. Like Right. So he deserved more than a kiss, is what you're saying. I don't know. I'm not saying he deserved it, but I said it would have been nice. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I never Yeah, we get, get into uncomfortable territory when you say he <laughs> <deserved>. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, I think maybe she did after you know, after the cameras went off a little bit, you know, at least like okay. a it's like a hand job or something for all that work at the very oh, least. Oh, wow. But, um, okay. You gotta think, like, there's this, like... Uh, yeah, but he this... loved her. It wasn't just for the sex he did it, but, you know, the sex would have been nice. Yeah. There's this, there's this like, nerd theory that goes around about how, like, uh, Princess Peach is actually, like, super manipulative. Because he, really? she does, like, in a lot of the games, they show she doesn't actually hate, like, she's, like, so passive around Bowser. Like, she's not fighting back or uh, anything. Peach or Toadstool? Which one is, what's the difference? I thought it was Peach. Okay. Princess Peach, Princess Toadstool. It's, um, I mean, maybe her name changed in the other okay. games. I forget why but it was definitely originally toadstool okay well those are very interesting picks gentlemen um so <laughs> maybe perhaps we will see one of our um fantasy uh, superhero um trysts come to life basically yeah. well i can see why oh. our female well there's another there's another superhero movie that has a sex scene in the watchmen movie the watchmen and um uh silk specter that was the oh yeah you gotta yeah. love her <laughs> Jesus, gorgeous. Now I see why our female co-host um, called out sick tonight. <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't like the topic I said, there, did she? <laughs> but they do. I mean, like, one of the things, like, do you want to actually, like, have them, watch them having sex, or you just want it to be implied? No, I want to watch them having sex. I would like to see, Mario? I mean, yeah. I would like to see the R-rated version, at least. I'd like to see Hulk on top of Scarlet. No, and you the want to see penetration. You want to see penetration. Don't, and I want to see. You want to see the That's the main thing you want to see. Oh, oh, you want to, you want to see their O faces. You wanna, you wanna see the bukake. Yeah. And think about it, both <laughs> yeah, those yeah, characters. Yeah, I was wanting any kind of romance or whatever he wants. Yeah, well, to. yeah, yeah. And both those characters haven't had romance in the MCU. Uh, so you don't want they? romance. You want to see the straight up penetration. Well, that too, that yeah, too. too. But you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mind some whining and dining. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> my my the second runner up was was WandaVision, was uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision. Um, okay. Um, because enough. of the, yeah, well, because of the freakiness between the two, I'm sure, because she could cast a spell, like, they could be, like, up in space fucking, Vision could turn from human form to android form, banging yeah. Scarlet Witch with his, like, android dick, you know, I mean, it could get crazy, so. Or you could, you could do, you could do, like, some Wolverine and Mystique hate, hate fucking. Wow. Especially... It, 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 because Mystique, uh, Mystique uh, could change shape, could shape shift all the time, and um... wow, okay, I like that one. Mystique, one of the sexiest um, supervillains or superheroes. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah, she's kind of like she's, she's kind of both, she's, right? She's more heroic in, when Jennifer Lawrence plays her. Yes, like traditionally, she's been kind of a villain most of the time. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's let's talk about everything. <laughs> yeah, going, please. Let's going, get off. <laughs> <laughs> just get let's <laughs> go to everything in the world of entertainment. So here we go with entertainment. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Always 
Dude, I cannot believe Jackass Forever is the number one movie in America. Um, Can you believe it exceeded Moonfall? It exceeded Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, it's the middle of February, for one thing. This is true. <laughs> and maybe not much competition. Uh, but Moonfall is a like a disaster, super high-budget movie. And it failed to impress at the box office. I mean, the budget was $140 million, And Moonfall only made $10 million at the box office, right? So do you think, do you think that you- kind of signifies the death of big budget non... Because non, it doesn't have like if some kind of franchise. If it doesn't have... Yes, a franchise, a following, exactly. And this Jackass movie, dude, ten million to only ten million to produce. Which curious how that money is spent because I mean it's basically all reality show stunts, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that movie made twenty three point five million in opening weekend, dude. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! Um, There's and, money to build the um, some of the sets they have in the movie to do the stunts. Sure. I don't think it'd be that much. Yeah, and yeah, they gotta million, they gotta pay crazy. for like travel. There's probably lots of legal stuff because um, you know, they have to like pay off like all the uh, Yeah, they're risking life and limb to perform these stunts. Yeah. But uh yeah, pretty pretty surprising for that for Johnny Knoxville. Of course he did that uh uh match at the Royal Rumble. You know, Johnny Knoxville was in the Royal Rumble to help promote that film to all the wrestling fans, you know. And um, I thought that was a smart move because now you have the number one movie, right? And there really needs to be another superhero movie because Spider-Man No Way Home is is finally the number three spot. That stayed at number one forever. And it was only number two for one week when Scream um, topped it. Um, but then, of course, Spider-Man took over once again. But uh, Scream is your number four movie, um, which took a dip. However, just announced that Scream will be getting another sequel due to of the success so. Of the latest installment of Scream. So, is it worth seeing all of these new Scream movies? I haven't yes. seen a single no. one since Scream Two. Uh, I I really did not have any time to sadly watch uh, the Scream movie. Chachi did his review on Below the Belt Show. Okay. I'll talk a little about it. I do. I am aware of a certain character that died, and I was made aware of that. Uh, but nonetheless, nonetheless, um. Yeah, it performed really well, and it got positive reviews, so why not come come back for another film? And then rounding out the top five was Universal Sing 2. So there you go. That's a top five at the box office. So Yeah, I saw a Jackass. You saw Jackass. All right, great. Let's hear your review, Chach. You're always up to date on the movies. Yeah, I was never like a huge um, watcher of the Jackass series, though I've seen episodes, and I've... I'd probably seen most of the movies that came out, you know, just because nothing else would be out of the, the oh, theater yeah. at the time. They're you're fun a, to watch. You're not, a, you're not a huge fan. You've watched the series and seen the. No, I, I, just, no I didn't watch. I've seen episodes of the series. I didn't. For me, it's an HBO watch. Max kind of movie. I don't think I need the surround sound. The surround sound and the big screen for it, but. Uh, yeah, you don't really need that, but. Yeah, I mean, I laughed a lot during it. I mean, it's just so stupid. Like in like the. All the people on there is just act so stupid. It just it cracked me up because like this is stuff they put themselves through. And and Johnny Knoxville doesn't do too many of the stunts himself anymore because he's like almost fifty now. Yeah, so he's got up there. Quite a lot of the um of these newer guys, these younger younger guys on I there. See. And um and Steve still does a lot of dumb shit. But Johnny Knoxville did get hurt from um and people would see in the previews um 
having a bull charge at him and him flying up in the air from the bull. And I think he like, cracks some ribs and Jesus other stuff. This is, yeah, this is way too many um, dicks on the movie. Like they're always doing stuff to their dicks and everything all the time. Wow. Like mm-hmm. getting hit in the nuts all the time. Like everything's getting hit in the nuts. And like they have like a, a like a heavyweight a boxer punch one of the guys in the nuts. You know, he's wearing a cup, but still, <laughs> that's not gonna do anything with a heavyweight boxer. And then they had some kind of uh, softball um, champion um, female do a um, a pitch into his nuts with a. It's kind of like ow my balls the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like you know. Like one of the worst scenes is that um, Steve-O had them had him standing there naked, and they put I think I believe they put like honey on his um, dick and balls, and they oh my God, had yes. like all these bees. And they put the queen bee on them, and then had all the other bees just kind of swarm it. So he had almost like a Jesus. whole like speedo, you know, on his package of bees, and they started stinging them and everything. And oh like, my God! Wow. And I'm like, all these people are doing this this crazy shit. I'm like, is it worth it? To just to be like in a movie, because a lot of them were like the the younger um, the younger cast, and I'm like, you're gonna have like real permanent damage, you know, and not be able to have kids. With That's the thing, doing. yeah. I mean, just, they're basically doing what the stunt people are doing in all the major action movies. They're doing it, but right. doing it to a jackass level, kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of you know, of, of similar stunts, you know, but. Uh, is it worth a look? What would you rate it on the Chachi scale? I mean, if, if nothing else is out and you just want to like have a dumb afternoon and laugh, then yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go and like spend money just to see it in the theater. You know, I mean, is it on HBO Max? I wish. Oh, I, that's okay. probably where I'm gonna watch it. I'd, I'd probably forgo that. Yeah, I mean, you can wait to watch it on TV. I mean, it's, I think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it's definitely. If you enjoy be... the other movies, you'll enjoy this. I thought it was fun, yeah. All right, yeah. well, very I'm good, Chachi. All those guys are still alive because the shit they do, yeah, they shouldn't be. The only one that died, I believe, Ryan Dunn in a car accident. Um, sadly. That wasn't but, even for a stunt, was it? That wasn't even a stunt, exactly. All Did right. Did you hear your news later on about Bob Saget's cause of death? Um, no, but we'll we'll throw that in the RIPs at okay. the end. Yeah, I, I, it must okay, have been a I, see, I see breaking news. Yeah, hear about it. Okay, cool. We'll definitely have to talk about it. All right, let's start uh, the top 20. Number 20, Marvel's upcoming slate, guys. They've just been updating all these great movies of what we can see in 2022 and 2023. All right. We got, of course, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the next Marvel movie. May 6, 2022. We're really looking forward to that one. We'll uh, probably... Um, expand upon what we saw in spider-man no way home and coming this july 8th of 2022 thor love and thunder um you know everyone's back that you know that tessa thompson chris hemsworth and of course natalie portman will be playing lady thor and of course it's going to cross over with guardians of the galaxy <clears throat> chris pratt and dave batista karen gillen sean gunn and it has Bill. Christian Bale too. Christian Bale, like people. Christian forget. Bale, and Russell Crowe, moving over from the DCEU, both uh, Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's interesting. That Russell Crowe is in Thor: Love and Thunder because I have a big uh, casting announcement at the end too about uh, Russell Crowe, which is going to get into my uh, little rant on Marvel sometimes with the things that they do. But nonetheless, all right. Coming up on Marvel uh, on the slate uh, for November of 2022, 
Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, you know, sadly we lost Chadwick Boseman. Um, so I'm very, very curious of um, who is going to be aptly named the new Black Panther. Um, have they have they even like I hadn't heard anything about that even being filmed yet. Oh, it's it's filmed and it's actually, oh it is. Uh, it's actually they actually just wrapped I believe so. Okay. Yep. So we're we're gonna see <clears throat> it this year, General. Wow. Yeah. All right. And in 2023, next year we're gonna get more Marvel. Uh, as we're gonna see the Marvels. This is the Captain Marvel sequel with Brie Larson, Tiana Paris. Um, yeah. Uh, your least favorite of the Marvel movies, Chachi. So far, yeah. Well, I never seen I never seen Eternals, but from the other ones, yeah. Oh, how have you not seen Eternals? That? Eternals is a wait a minute. How, you skipped Eternals the from the time. theaters. Yeah, I had no but, desire. But I got I got to tell yeah, you, Eternals, General. Yeah. Chachi, you skipped Eternals if you're a big Marvel blockbuster movie, Angelina Jolie, but you saw Jackass. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd watch <laughs> Jackass twice before I seen Eternals. I wow! Will, I will say this. I will say this about Eternals. I didn't love it the first time I saw it, but I saw it again on um, a second time when it was on Disney Plus, and I liked it a lot more the second time really? I saw it. So it's, uh, you know, maybe it's something that needs to grow on you. But it was like I was, I was, I was actually surprised how much, how much I liked it more the second really? time. That's a very different Marvel film. Yeah, just, just from the trailers, I never had any interest in seeing it. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe you should give it a shot. I think it's going to be on Disney Plus very soon. So. All right. No, it's maybe already one. on Disney Plus. Is it, is it already on Disney Plus? Yeah. There you go, Chachi. Maybe yeah. one day. All right. July of 2023, we're going to see Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Yes. And finally, Guardians of Galaxy Volume 3 uh, dropping on May 5th, 2023. And of course, two more films in MCU with two be announced dates include the Blade film with Mahershala Ali and the Fantastic Four movie. Of course, um, casting announcements have not been made yet for that. So, and then we have the Marvel Sony Studios. All right. Um, so I mentioned Russell Crowe a little earlier, and this. I don't know. I mean, it depends if he's playing the same character um, in Thor: Love and Thunder. Whether I it's highly, to... I highly doubt okay. that. So if it's not, <laughs> then I got a little bit of a rant because I don't like when an actor plays two different characters in Marvel. Yeah, I, yeah, so you don't like this. well, the thing is, is that Tom Holland is just an example. His version of Spider-Man is in MCU, and he's in the Sony Spider-Verse. So no, he's actually not in the Sony Spider-Verse. I thought the whole point of that Venom scene at the end of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, that implies Venom is not in the MCU. Okay. Because, because and if Venom is, like, part of the Sony Spider-Verse, then the Sony Spider-Verse is a completely different universe than the MCU. And um, that's why you won't see... I it I, I kind of doubt you'll see Tom Holland appear in any of the Sony movies, but you might see another Spider-Man, like maybe Andrew Garfield, yeah, which I think has he been will. 
which is like the rumor going around that Andrew Garfield's going to yeah. be the Spider-Man of the. Okay, so basically retconning um, the Sony association with, with the MCU Spider-Man movies, basically, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the thing is, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson was already Quicksilver in Avengers, and now he's going to be Craven the Hunter, and now yeah. Russell Crowe has an unspecified role in Craven the Hunter, so. I mean, like, he's supposed to play Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder. I highly doubt Zeus, the the king of the Greek gods, is going to appear in Kratos. Wow, interesting, <laughs> interesting. All right. And another big, more, uh, General, I know you're all about this one, Madam Web. Yeah, that's a, that's a uh, really we talked, weird character to bring so in. So we talked about this on the show. <laughs> Just Cast is one of my favorite actresses. Who I loved running into and, and having a drink with at the Gotham Awards, Dakota Johnson, Fifty Shades in the house. My goodness, she um, apparently has agreed to be in this Madam Web movie. Think about Madam Web; she's an elderly woman, right? So, is is um, Dakota gonna play like um, the Madam Web kind of transforms into this younger, beautiful? No, woman? what's no? okay? There's two ways they could go with it. Yeah, please explain. Be... It's going to be either Madam Web as a younger woman, which is something they could do. I mean, I'm not okay. sure I've ever and forego read... the whole elderly woman. Yeah, I've never read a comic where they've shown her as a younger woman. But, you know, it's they, you know, they can use artistic license to do that. But it's uh, or she might play a character named Julia Carpenter, who um, I actually think who started out as spider woman but not the spider woman that everyone remembers like a later one she was like introduced during secret wars in the okay. 80s so not everybody remembers spider woman don't don't <laughs> <laughs> well like there have been in marvel comics there have been four people who've been called spider woman and the the one who's currently spider woman is like the the og one that was like introduced in the 60s or 70s and her name's okay. jessica drew she's probably like the most famous one Okay. At least in, among comic book people. I don't expect you guys to know her. It, it's like... Uh, so, okay, Julia Carpenter shows up, and um, because of all sorts of comic book shenanigans, the the elderly Madam Web does eventually get killed. Um, I want to say by Norman Osborn, although I could be wrong about that. I don't remember exactly. But somehow the elderly one dies. And Julia Carpenter gets her powers, and... I don't know if she's ever called Madam Web after that, but she has Madam Web's powers. So, so that that's where they might go with that. I see. So cast like a Helen Mirren for, you know, Madam Web, and then for yeah. the Jennifer character, Dakota Johnson. Okay, very good. I like that. Yeah. You know, the most interesting thing about Dakota Johnson is. What's that? Where she came from. Don uh, Johnson's semen. <laughs> is mm-hmm. that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Don't forget, well, don't forget Melanie Griffith. You know. yeah. is, well, is Melanie Griffith the mom? I didn't yeah. know. That. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. All they, right. Right from number, his balls. <laughs> number nineteen is Lightyear. Pixar's forthcoming animated feature just unveiled a new trailer, and at first, I was, at first I was like, "Why that they had Toy Story?" Then I was like, "Because Lightyear is a toy." created after an actual person and it's got a whole sci-fi theme to it and it looks like a lot of fun there's it does yeah doesn't it look great david bowie starman there's giant robots and um there's a robot cat named socks 
Um, and uh, yeah, it sounds like a really great, great film. And of course, it's Chris Evans is uh, voicing Lightyear. Also, yeah, James so since, Brolin. Since it's, um, you know, the real life, supposed to be the real life guy. That's why it's a different voice than um, yes. Tim Allen. Yeah, Tim Allen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And a younger version of that. As well. So so the, the Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story are the actual toys based on the Buzz the, the Chris Evans Lightyear. Uh, Buzz yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yep. So Uzo Aduba, James Brolin, Mary McDonald Lewis, and our boy Ephraim Ramirez. Okay. Uh, are doing voiceover work. Isn't that awesome? Really? Good for him. Yeah, isn't that great for Ephraim? We've got to have him back yeah. now. Been a minute, man. Shit. Pedro. Our, right? Pedro. Voy for Pedro. Voy for Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> Number 18, Firestarter. This trailer actually looks really good. And, um, you know, uh, Zach Efron, you know, he's playing the dad now. Where, where did time go, man? He was in High School Musical just a few years ago. <laughs> and now he's the just dad of the Just a few years ago being 2004. <laughs> well, I know, I get it. It just seems. Anyways, he's playing the dad now of the young girl who's the fire starter. Um, and this is uh, Blumhouse Productions. Um, it's going to do a theatrical release and a Peacock release as well. So, so Chachi, are you okay with them remaking Firestarter since that was like an '80s movie? No, that... Drew, Drew no. Barrymore. No, no you're not. not you, no. you think it's too soon, or just? Just another just remake. Like, I don't care about. Did well, you like, jo- I mean, did you like the original? It, it, for example, did you like it? Um, the new yeah, version. Yeah, but that was. I'm more okay with him like making a movie off of like a um something that was made for TV. Okay. But it's still Stephen King. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, but I still thought that the original. It was better. Really? Did you really? You thought the the Tim Curry it was better than the um, the um two parts that we got the most recent it? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I can't. It's I mean, I'm I, I, did the, I did love the first it. Um, a little better than the second, yeah. The first the the uh, remake the first um, one on the remake I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like they dropped the ball with this with the um sequel. Okay, that's fair. I could see that. It yeah. is weird because you heard so much about the first one, and then once the second one came out, you heard like, nothing else about about it. I gotta, I gotta admit, like I really liked the first one, and I barely yeah. Yeah. the sequel. <laughs> Anything that happened in the sequel? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, I, and I mean, like I gotta admit, the first one had like, the whole was, Stranger the Things vibe with the kids. Where, where like, what was that? So like the first had like the whole Stranger Things vibe. Well, yeah, you get that same actor, same with Ghostbusters, you know, Finn Wolfhard. He's in Ghostbusters, it, Stranger Things, and like you know, he's he's in everything except for Stranger Things. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, Wow. So yeah, Yeah, but but I would would rather have seen Drew Barrymore in this movie growing up. Okay. Yeah, Drew. uh, Drew's not in this. Did she die in the first one? I can't remember. It's not tied into it. Um, I, I don't remember, dude. I don't remember the movie. Yeah, that's it. It's been a lot. Like I, I remember seeing the movie when I was in middle school, and then I read the book when I was in high school, and I don't remember that many details from either of them. Right. But, but honestly, Firestarter wasn't that huge of a movie. I mean, I definitely remember okay. it, but it's it's not like one of the bigger movies, which I think is worse when they try to remake a bigger movie. Okay. Well, yeah. Um. Maybe you, if you watch the trailer, you might think it looks good. I don't know. Who knows? I'll check it. I'll probably check, check it out. Check it out. 
Check out the movie. All right. Number 17. Um, this is from the mind of Ex Machina and Annihilation writer-director Alex Garland. Um, another uh, horror movie um, called Men. Um, horrible. It, yeah, the, it's the title's Men, but it has nothing to do I mean, what you would think of. It's about a woman who retreats to be alone after a personal tragedy. And once she's there... Something from the woods appears to be stalking her. So is it, are they going for like a promising young woman type thing where like it's about a victimized woman who's like, uh, or with a, with a horror twist, I'm guessing. Yeah. Which is yeah. a really good movie, by the way. Yeah, it is a good movie. Yeah. yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Trailer looks pretty good. Uh, the lead actress in it is newly Oscar nominated actress Jesse Buckley. Mm. Uh, puts her front and center in this film. All right. Uh, wow, some big names for this film. This is an Enzo Ferrari biopic. I guess the founder of Ferrari, a big biopic of Ferrari. Kylo Ren, <laughs> Adam Driver, isn't it? Penelope Cruz, Shailene Woodley uh, joining an all star cast. Adam Driver uh, just plays like in every movie based on some famous brand. Yeah. Doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it. Gucci, but they but they got to be Italian brands. They got to be, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, so Gucci, I guess the, the next one will be Lambrusco or um... Prosecco. Yeah, <laughs> is he even Italian or is he just stealing roles from Italian people? <laughs> the latter, I'm sure. The latter, yeah. I'm gonna look it up now while you guys talk. <laughs> Number fifteen. Uh, you know what? Chris Pine is actually foraying into directing. Um, Known uh, for his work in Wonder Woman, as he was raped by deception. <laughs> also, <laughs> also uh, known for Star Trek. Um, oh, here's Adam Driver. He is Dutch, English, German, Irish, and Scottish. That motherfucker. Yeah. No, yeah. no Italian in there. All about cultural appropriation. Yeah, where is the uproar on this about him yes. taking all these roles? Get for the Italians... Or could have been an arms. Italian actor there. Could have, could have Thank used you. That role. I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. But uh, but yeah, back to Chris Pine. So this is um, he's starring and directing, and it's his debut. He's got Danny DeVito <laughs> starring. Oh this yes, what, yeah. I'll see it. Whatever it is. I'll yes. Know. Yeah, I know you will. And Annette Bening. So it's a mystery comedy called Pool Man. And Chris Pine plays Darren, a hapless dreamer and would-be philosopher who spends his day looking after the pool of a Tahitian tiki apartment block in L.A. Um, and undiscovers, oh, sorry, he uncovers a water heist um, that, that's going down, I guess. Whatever, you had me at Dane DeVito. You don't need to you know, you know what that sounds like? I mean, just to, <laughs> just from your description. Have you guys yeah. ever seen a movie called Under the Silver Lake? Yeah, yeah. No, we have not. No that is a, it, that, that actually, that stars um, um, Andrew Garfield, and it has a very, very similar plot. It's a really cool uh-huh. movie. Really, really. It, gets, it goes in some really, really strange directions. And it's like super what you'd consider like an indie movie from like um, I mean it 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 definitely gave me like indie like like uh, the way like a lot of um, remember when like indie movies back in the nineties got super popular and there were like all sorts of like these like really wait you talking about Crystal Skull what was that you talking about Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull 
No, Under the Silver Lake. No, but you're saying Indian movies. Oh, oh, gotcha. Oh, Indiana Jones, yeah. Well, apparently we need to put that on our to-watch list, General Zod. Yeah, you guys should see it. It's a cool, it's a really, really cool movie, and I happened to catch it, like, maybe, like, a couple months ago. And... Oh, cool. That's 2008, Christmas Call, wow. Wow, yeah. that was an old one. So maybe um part three, then, I guess. Yeah. That's Crusade. <laughs> that was 90s, right? That's <laughs> Crusade. Cut that, put that back in there. I don't think there were any Indiana Jones movies in the 90s. Wasn't Last Crusade in the 90s? No, that was uh, maybe it was 1990. Or it might have been 89. Hold on, I want I want to find it now. Well, you have to verify that. 89, yeah. You want to make sure it's an 80s yeah. franchise, right? Yeah. Because it was in the 90s, then you'd be like, God damn it, <laughs> it's not an 80s yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, just squeak by in 89. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of 90s movies, um, you know, American Pie came out in 1999. Can you believe Tara Reid? is lead in an espionage thriller. I'm just blown away. I, I'm not yeah. sure where her career was doing per, pretty much Sharknado movies. Um, and uh, <laughs> she plays an agent in an upcoming espionage thriller, Cold Sun, an inexperienced. Now this is where I'm like, what the fuck? A British mm-hmm. spy. You're going to bring Tara Reid back into what seems like a higher budget film, but make her British. Yeah. I, I'm like, dude, Oh my God! It's gonna be a disaster. I already know it's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> it's Tara Reid. You're not. You're not. It's not some fucking Oscar Emmy winning actress. It's Tara Reid. Now we love you, Tara. Don't get us wrong, but they're they're gonna put you in this action movie, make you talk with a British accent. Wait, she's and supposed to be playing like an inexperienced spy. British like, spy called she Martha can't, Raven. I mean, like she's not. She's not a young lady anymore. <laughs> like, can't she's really. Forties, yeah. Yeah, you can't really play an inexperienced like ingenue type character. Ingenue, like, exactly. Any anymore. You know, I was stunned as much as you guys were when I read that. So yeah, well, very very surprising. Um, all right, number thirteen on the list: The Color Purple, the musical movie. So it's, I guess a. Um, a reboot of the the Whoopi Goldberg uh, movie that we saw from way back, but uh, got it has an all star cast. It has Taraji P Henson as Shug Avery. Previously announced was uh, Corey Hawkins, and the artist her, who's cast as Squeak, and they just cast Fantasia. Um, Fantasia, I guess formerly Barino, now Fantasia Taylor. Remember her from American Idol. Oh, somebody wiped that up? Wow. Somebody must have wiped Fantasia up, I guess. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Can you look it up? <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel and Daniel Brooks from Orange is the New Black. And as you know, she's in Peacemaker, Chachi. And I know you're uh, all caught up on Peacemaker. I'm, I'm going to start I that up. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Peacemaker wanna... is a lot of fun. It's so much fun. We need How... to learn that dance from the intro. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. And I wish I could. we could talk more. I've only seen the pilot. But I love the pilot, but then Euphoria caught my attention. It was like, oh well, you you made a mistake there because this is I made a mistake. Okay. Show, yeah. I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. But uh, I mean, John does a great role. I mean, he's already proved himself to be a great action comedy hero. And there's a little too much nudity for of John in the first episode. I'm sure there's going to be more, but uh, yeah. it's a little, little too much nudity on John for me. Yeah, but this is the kind of stuff that DC needs to keep doing. You know, like this kind okay. of humor quirky humor you know they can really focus on this because they do great at it like, like the whole suicide squad type of humor well that's that's all james gunn yeah and is the uh is 
you know, it has the magic touch for that kind of stuff. And yeah, but they do stuff, on the, but they're doing stuff on this show that Marvel never would do. Oh yeah, well that's like, because it's it's very very mature. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about just like the making fun of the races, but like it's done in a way where like you know, because like in the show, um, John Cena, the peacemaker's father, is like this a racist guy, but he'll like you know do racist mm-hmm. jokes on some of the characters in the show, but they give it right back to him. So it's pretty yeah. funny. It's like it reminds me it's of a- like back when people like the other know, the other talk. really good thing with this is like and this is maybe what dc should do because peacemaker was a super obscure character in the comic. right like and she he didn't really have a personality at all no so right. you could you could imprint like whatever personality you want and okay. be creative with it right like you couldn't you couldn't do something like peacemaker with like any like of the really well-established characters like you know, Batman or Spider or no, right. or under Superman or any of those, but you can do that with characters like Peacemaker. And it's such a you know, Peacemaker before the the uh, movies. And the, yeah, he he would show up every once in a while. He, I mean, he was just like kind of like a Punisher type character, but didn't really know much about his history. They didn't really like talk about it much. And I'm surprised okay. in, in a PC climate they would have a Robert uh, Patrick character, that, that the character that uh, John's father uh-huh. <laughs> yeah but i haven't heard any backlash about it though it's, it's almost like people are, are adults about it yeah. yeah yeah because they're kind of like because they all make fun of each other so it's not like it's a way of bringing awareness to, to those kind of people you know so. yeah. but uh all right number 12 is the oscars guys all right so uh let's talk about some of the nominees um some major um surprises and snubs and of course some um some uh, new stats that have uh, occurred. Uh, read a few of the nominees. Best Picture nominee, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Ooh, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Ten nominees for Best Picture. So I've seen exactly two of those. Well, I've seen more <laughs> than you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I got to... Well, what usually happens is like in February and March, that's when I start my prestige phase and I start to watch like all of the um, the best picture nominated yeah. movies. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do, too. Yeah. And a lot of these uh, nominees are repeats for the SAG Awards, which I need to vote on. So I will be spending some time watching it. I'm so happy I have some DVDs uh, in the mail of a lot of these movies. So I'm looking forward to watching some. All right. Best direct- DVD player. I still have my DVD player, man. Yeah. Licorice yeah. Pizza was really good. I enjoyed that. And King Richard. King Richard. We talked about King Richard on the King show. King Richard, that's the uh, the Serena and Venus yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay. I highly recommend. I know. Oh, that's on HBO Max. I could watch that tonight if I wanted to. I'd All recommend right. Coda. Coda's a very. Um, it's very. Pulls at the heartstrings kind of movie. It's the only hearing. Um, person in a family of, de- of deaf people. So the parents are deaf, the brother's deaf, but the, but the girl is not deaf and she's an amazing singer. And it's just a really heartfelt, uh, very heartwarming um, story. So. so there's a there's a sibling, there's a one that can he- that can hear that, and that can't yeah, hear. One that can't hear and one that can't hear. Yeah. I'd be pissed if I was the one that can't hear. Oh yeah. You yeah, and to top it off, it's, she's a singer too. And she's a singer at that. Man, yeah. Fuck her. <laughs> You know, why, why she, she get ends all up this? being the hero for all them because she runs their business Who? as the only hearing person. Yeah, that's even worse. 
Uh, too god like how many how many benefits in life can she get yeah she's she's just got a lot but she's she's, she's hotter too right (laughs) well based on the age she's portraying i um yeah uh yeah she well generally she's a little kid well well, general general's uh was familiar with she's the lead blonde in uh lock and key okay okay i mean pretty girl right yeah it's a you know, it's 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 kind of a minefield to say whether she's hot or not. Right. <laughs> I'll say that. But well, well, I don't know if she's a kid, but I'm gonna say yeah. more attractive. I should say she's attractive. She, I yeah. think she might be 18, or you know, she's definitely on the younger side. Granted, we'll I mean, we we've talked about the Hulk's cock tonight, but it's yeah. like, <laughs> we can't. So. We haven't outed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, best director Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. Uh, I've heard of um, Belfast. I'm, I'm predicting Steven Spielberg will win this one. You think so? I think West Side so. Story, really? That's I think a, so, yeah. Usually they don't really love um, musicals for like... Um, Oscars? Best I don't picture. know. And you know, La La Land did really well, and that was kind of like a, a And the other thing, sorts, West Side you know? Story is a remake. Don't you think Yeah, I don't think it even like, did that well in the box office. Yeah. They didn't do that well, but critics loved it. Well, like, I mean, do you think it's more likely that they would go with a remake as opposed to um, an original movie? They well, that that's going to go more towards Best Picture, but I think Director, I think Spielberg's going to win it. I, oh, I just, gotcha, you know, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I best we... Picture, I don't think Best Picture, I don't think it will win. Um, okay. I think that's a tough one, man. I don't know, man. I think I have to see more of these movies to make it a, um, I guess on that one. Best Lead Actor, Javier Bardem, being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch, The yeah, Power good. of the Dog. Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom. Will wow. Smith, King Richard, and Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. I really think Will Smith, from what I'm reading, it's either going to be Will Smith or Andrew Garfield, but I think it's going to be Will Smith. Will Smith had, had a lyric, so tick, tick, boom, in his song. There you go. See? That's <laughs> right. That's yeah. a good tie in there. Has Will Smith ever won an Oscar before? No. He, had I to, think right? he never I, did? No, I don't think he's ever won an Oscar. No. Huh, I'll look it up. Let's look it up, man. While you're looking it up, best lead actress includes Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman, Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, phenomenal film, by the way, Nicole Kidman, Be the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart Spencer. So Kristen was snubbed at the SAG Awards. She was snubbed at the Golden Globes, <coughs> but the Oscars yeah. are giving her some love. Um, well, Will with- Smith has been nominated for um, 2007, Pursuit of Happiness, and 2002, yes. Ali. But he's yet to yes. win an Oscar. Yet yeah. to win. Yeah. Oh well. Both of those are win. great movies. People are saying so, how great yeah. his performance is in this film. So <laughs> yeah, it'd be we'll, great to see him win. We'll see that. Um, supporting actor, Sierra Hines, Belfast, Troy Kotsur, Coda, Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos, and Cody Schmidt McPhee, The Power of the Dog. I'm oh yeah. The Ricardos has been nominated for so much stuff, you know, yeah. being that it was you know, released on Amazon Prime. Well, that's the thing. It's the future now. A lot of these movies, yeah. like, don't look up as a Netflix movie. So. All right, yeah. Same with Power of the Dog. Down. Same with Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Those are Netflix you're gonna, movies. You're going to see are those really? movies. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. You're going to see a lot of movies because that is the future now. A lot of you know, streaming platforms want these movies. 
Supporting actors, we just mentioned Jesse Buckley, who's in that new uh, movie, that horror movie, but she's nominated for The Lost Daughter. Andrew the Bose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, and Anjani Lewis, sorry, Anjani Ellis for King Richard. Uh, She's great in that. Yes, yes, King Richard. Yeah, she's great. Well, we could probably skip a lot of these other um, yes. categories, but one of the unique categories I do like is the um, is the special effects because the special effects um, really never gets any love on the Oscar level for acting or best picture, except for Dune. So Dune's nominated. Uh, Free Guy, No Time to Die. Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. So those are uh, visual effects. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, that's, Ed- that's usually the one category that sci-fi and superhero is allowed to win. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. Uh, and, of course, Best Animated Feature Film. Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Wait, who was nominated for Best Kiss? <laughs> That's an MTV uh, category. Oh, okay. So Kenneth Branagh is making Oscars history for seven nominations in different categories over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. So he was just uh, nominated for Best Director for Belfast, and previously has been nominated for Henry V, um, My Week with Marilyn, Hamlet, and Swan Song, a short film. Um, so that's history right there. Seven categories. So he's in seven other categories. Pretty pretty amazing. Also, Jane Campion is the first woman to be nominated for Best Director twice. Uh, Jane Campion, um, The Power of the Dog. That's her film. So, of course, she was nominated for The Piano at the 66th Academy Awards. And wow, that's, Mar- a, that's a long, long drought between <laughs> nominations yeah but hey you know she's got two so that's that's mm-hmm. great right yeah, yeah. I think people have seen the piano though i mean i saw the piano besides the general <laughs> the, uh, well but, when it came out I think yeah was, but like that's yeah. when anna paquin was like what 12 years old <laughs> so that's yeah. long ago that was wow oh yeah that's a good very good point and Lin-Manuel Miranda is one step closer to achieving the EGOT status. That's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony mm-hmm. for his Oscar nomination for Best Original Song for Encanto, uh, Dos Oruguitas. So um, so if he wins, he'll be closer to that elite group. But not many people have won all four and because they're very different categories. It's it's music, it's theater, Broadway, and it's movies and and, and and television so well who else do we have in the EGOT? so you want to know I, I got it i got it for you general okay. very <laughs> short list very short list john legend okay marvin hamlish robert <laughs> lopez and composer alan menken really that's it that's really it yeah what about, like, I remember there was an episode of 30 Rock where um, Tracy Morgan was trying to win the EGOT, and they brought Whoopi Goldberg on, so I thought Whoopi Goldberg had won it, but I guess not. I don't know. I, you know what? These are just a list of several people, of uh, artists that it includes, so actually, there could be more, and I, and uh, yeah, there could be more that I'm just not mentioning in general, so maybe Whoopi is one, actually. 
Okay, yeah, because I'm on Wiki right now. Let's see here. Qualifying awards summary. Yeah, it seems like it's a longer list. Cause it's a longer it has, list. Okay, good. It does It does have Whoopi Goldberg and Mel Brooks. And oh, wow, okay. Audrey Hepburn. Okay. And, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that, yeah. Well, let's see. There's a lot of snubs and surprises. Um, so Lady Gaga was snubbed. That's surprising. Uh, for House of Gucci. Whereas Kristen Stewart snubbed for other award shows, including the SAG Awards and Golden Globes, got nominated for Best Actress. Um, Dennis Valadu from Dune got snubbed. Uh, Jennifer Hudson got snubbed for Respect, despite being nominated for the SAG Award. Um, and um, this um, very not really known film... Um, Drive My Car takes four nominations, so that was a really big surprise. That's Rasuki Yamaguchi's acclaimed drama. Leonardo DiCaprio, although playing a very, very different character, Don't Look Up, did not get nominated. And I thought, you know, he might have done good enough to, to earn a nomination at Don't Look Up, but he did not. So I was really surprised to see that. Um, Jared Leto, people didn't like his uh, House of Gucci with the uh, they're going for all that prosthetics. And, and Chachi, you said it before, and I 100% agree with you. Why not just cast a fat actor? Cast an actor. You know, I know that the actors want to do these like unrecognizable things and get their Oscar or Emmy. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's getting insulting now. It's like, and I think um, uh, Renee Zellweger is doing it um, for her newest film, too. And she's wearing a fat suit. So it's like. Yeah, see, they're always taking these roles from these fat actors. These fat, yeah. ugly actors. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. I'm, I'm sick of it. It's it's it's. I'm it's, sick of it. it it's it's, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. It's, yes, it's disrespectful and, and disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm glad you're sticking up for them. Yeah. Number eleven is the Razzies. So the Razzies are the worst, and there's no award show. They just kind of announced it, but this is the worst movies of the year, and they're always fun to talk about. All right, so the worst picture includes Diana the Musical, the Netflix version, Infinite, Space Jam, A New Legacy. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Karen, which stars our friend Taron Vanek. That didn't even come out? Is it Karen the horror movie with the, um, the white woman? Yeah, it's about the white woman complaining about the barbecue. Did that even come out? I, I wanted to see it. I was curious about it. I never saw uh, any way to see it. Hmm. And The Woman in the Window. So those are the Worst Picture nominees. Worst Actor, <laughs> Scott Eastwood, Dangerous. Roe Hartramp, Diana the Musical, LeBron James, Space Jam. Ben Platt, Dear Evan Hansen, <clears throat> and Mark Wahlberg for Infinite. <laughs> Worst Actress, Amy Adams, The Woman in the Window. Jenna DeWall, Diana the Musical. Megan Fox, Midnight in the Switchgrass. Taron Manning for Karen. <laughs> and Ruby Rose for Vanquish. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we're supporting actress Amy Adams, Dear Evan Hansen. So Sophie Cookson for Infinite. Aaron Davey for Diana the Musical. Judy Kay, Diana the Musical. And Taron Manning again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Every last one of them. Holy shit. Not a great year for Amy Adams for being nominated for two separate movies. Two separate movies. Yeah. Worst supporting actress and worst actress. Worst supporting actor, Ben Affleck, The Last Duel. <laughs> See, that's an example of a, what you said earlier, a big budget movie 
with no fandom is gonna not yeah. maybe not do well. Yeah, I still really want to see that. I, I heard that's really good. I think it's available to watch on HBO Max. I think. Oh, okay. I think huh. I'm not, one of the streamings. It's definitely available. Nick Cannon, The Misfits. <laughs> Mel Gibson, Dangerous, Gareth Keegan, Diana the Musical, and Jared Leto, as we mentioned earlier, House of Gucci. Um, and it's interesting, they have worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. <laughs> Bruce Willis <laughs> has done, oh my, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight movies in 2020, uh, the previous year. So here are all the movies Bruce Willis and did. who did Bruce Willis did? Bruce Willis did eight movies that are nominated. For worst performance I by Bruce Willis. Once, I don't think. Yeah, because I, he hasn't been doing the, the big ones uh, lately. American Siege, Apex, Cosmic Sin, Deadlock, Fortress, Midnight in the Switchgrass, Out of Death, and Survive the Game. Why is I've, Bruce Willis working this much? Like, uh, he doesn't need to. Is, it, does, is, is there like a Nicolas Cage situation where I he has like I a think ton it of is. I think he's getting into Nicolas Cage territory because he used to be the very bankable lead actor in yeah. films back in the day. But now he's just he's going the indie route now. And, uh, well, yeah, but like I know Nicolas Cage makes like like at least a dozen movies a year because he owes a lot of money to the IRS. Right. And um, and and same with like Wesley Snipes. That was like the same thing with him. He like makes a ton of movies. Right. Because of that. But like. I guess, uh, well, I guess Bruce Willis uh, <laughs> probably made some bad investments, too. Right. Well, I guess. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Oh, they also have the worst remake, ripoff, or sequel. <laughs> Karen, <laughs> Space Jam, Tom and Jerry the Movie. I have to agree with that one. Twist, which is the rap remake of Oliver Twist, and The Woman in the Window. <laughs> Did you say the rap remake of Oliver Twist? There's a rap remake <laughs> of Oliver Twist, guys. Can you believe what that, Karen? Dude? And what is Karen like um a remake of? Karen is um um the news like once that, every like three months. <laughs> oh no, they, it's a joke. They call it the inadvertent remake of Corel Deville. That's what they're saying. <laughs> the Razzies are saying that. And finally, worst director at the Razzies, Christopher Ashley, Diana the Musical, Stephen Chotsky, Dear Evan Hansen, Coke Daniels for Karen, Rennie Harlan, The Misfits, Joe Wright, The Woman in the Window. Rennie so there you go. Wow. Renny Harlan's a name I haven't thought of in a long time. <laughs> yep. So I think this is a, well, you know what? Let's do the Book of Boba Fett and then take a classic cut break. So All right. uh, we're going to talk <laughs> about the, the Book of Boba Fett episode seven. Oh. You, sure, you sure you don't want to talk about episode six? Well, we talked about episode six on last week's podcast. Uh, but Chachi, you did send me an interesting article about episode six, didn't you? That did I? No, no. We we did mention on last week's show that Luke Skywalker returns and trains Baby Yoda, well, Grogu, yeah. and um, it was a fantastic episode. Um, and of course, it left us with a big cliffhanger. What does Yoda choose? Mandalorian's um, armor, the Baby Yoda version, or Yoda's lightsaber? Um, and that's uh, what you know. We, we do find out what happens in episode seven. Mm-hmm. However, Chachi, you sent me that Mark Hamill did not record Luke Skywalker's dialogue for the Book of Boba Fett. It's interesting. I really thought that it sounded like young, you know, Mark Hamill. To, from I know, obviously, when you age, and it was it changes. Yeah. So 
so okay, so the sixth episode of Boba, Book of Boba Fett was a big one for fans, of course. And apparently, fans have mixed reactions about the DH Luke, who was not played by Mark Hamill in the new episode. Not only did actor voice artist Graham Hamilton take on the role of Luke's motion capture with some deep fake technology, his voice was created with the help of a program called Lola. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, ILM supervisor Richard Bluff recently spoke with uh, how they uh, explained how Lola brought Luke to life. Yeah, I gotta the, I gotta talk the about how fake technology is getting pretty it's good. It's so because, damn good. Yeah. You know who that because, is? Because Luke Luke looked so much better in uh, yeah. episode six than he did at the end of the Mandalorian, yeah, right. and um, it it was like amazing, like how much they improved on the way Luke looked. Yeah, I thought the Mandalorian was great too. Like I know people picked that apart, but you said people had trouble. People had problems with this one too, Al. Um, I, well, I, I, I guess, I mean, you know, I, I don't think deep fake technology is a hundred percent perfect yet. Yeah, but still, like, we're but getting... it, 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 the thing is, is that with, with the improvements that they made with this new artist that they hired, which I believe is that, that artist that went viral for yeah. the link I sent you where he redid all of the Han Solo movie and replaced it with young Harrison Ford over Alden Ehrenreich's face yeah. how great that look. And he also redid a whole bunch. I think he also did the Grand Marf Tarkin. He redid that one. And uh, I believe he, he might be the one that's responsible for the improvements in uh, what we're seeing in episode six of Book of Boba Fett. But uh, uh, but yeah, let's talk about episode seven. Yeah, but, um, they, but they what they did for this voice, before, they, took, they took clips from his old projects. They took clips from uh, Mark Hamill, um, from the original um, trilogy, they took clips from his audiobook that he did around that time period. Okay. And, and there was one other project he did too. They took audio from, and they put into this program, and it was able to like make like a whole like conversation. Okay, this, is, this is actually further in the article. Okay, so yeah, they, yeah. they they had some kind of source to use. Yeah, they had to get clean clean of recordings of all that, and then right. the Lola would be able to mimic the cadence, I guess, and and the tone. With new seems dialogue, like a, that seems like you know? a lot of trouble it's to amazing. get through when they could have just had him just do the voice. <laughs> it's yeah. not like yeah, but his voice is definitely different now than it would have been back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess you're right. I mean, but it's, but it's, maybe, pretty, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Like, you're gonna, like, I mean, people bitch about this kind of stuff, and I think it's amazing that we are getting what we're getting. Because I'd rather have this than have some young actor like playing Luke Skywalker. Well, you know, the thing that's a little, I think... It, it troubles a lot of people because like with deep fake stuff, then it's uh, showing that they can do this. It shows like the capabilities of how like eventually there's going to be these like seamless and entirely fake videos. You can see right. like all the time. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, that's like especially when it gets past the, the whole uncanny, uncanny valley type thing, which it looked like it was starting to. It really is. It and, really is. Um they have limitless ways of recreating the characters we love that have passed on. If you think about it, guys. Yeah. They can, but that's, they a, can but that's also like, I can imagine that's going to bother a lot of actors because then yeah. like eventually that could, you know, pretty much that's technology getting them out of a job. Yeah. And, um, that's yeah, a, that's, a, yeah. that's a good point. You know what guys, 
Welcome to the club where we else lost their job because of technology moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very jobs, good. You know, like. <laughs> those poor grocery yeah. baggers. <laughs> yeah. How about those for them? They have those poor fax machine um, sellers. Yeah, exactly. Booth operator, repairman. Yeah, the old yeah. um, the old guys working at um, Blockbuster. How about those poor guys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? but yeah, but you can take about the possibilities. I mean, you can get like at some point in the future, you can get like a Goonies sequel with them still being kids. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, like get you could get like hopefully they don't do this, but like a new Back to the Future with the original actors like taking place like a year later. You know, like it's yeah. You're going to see that, all that kind of stuff. Remember the recent Coming to America? They did that for the extra bonus scene. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, that's and, right. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but you know, it was okay. You know, it yeah. wasn't. I think this is the best we've seen so far. I out agree of all, with you. Yeah. yeah. But I want to talk about episode seven, so I think this is a good time okay. for General Zod to drop <laughs> off. But I think for, right after we're done, let's talk about it for a couple of hours. Want to? <laughs> talk about episode seven. <laughs> Then we're going to take a classic cut break. Right. Awesome. All right. We're all very saddened by um, Grogu dying in this episode. Like, it was <laughs> very shocking to see. All right. Wow. All right. He's, he's gone. General's now. off now. All right. All right. Can we cue the, the, the Boba Fett music? It's such a great theme song. Um, uh, I love it. It's the same composer as the Mandalorian theme song. So, All right. All right so, yes, we alluded to the cliffhanger. What, what was Grogu going to do, Chachi? Was he going to select... The chainmail of of uh, of Beskin armor of the the, the Mandalorian um, armor, or was he going to choose the Yoda's lightsaber? My prediction last week was that he was going to levitate both with the Force and choose both, but I, I guess I was wrong. What was my uh, prediction? Anna B predicted correctly last week that uh, she was going to uh, that uh, Grogu would pick the Mandalorian's uh, armor, and Grogu picked it because we saw him. That was mine too. Remember. That was yours. Yeah. Okay. Was it yours as well? Okay. That's so, the weekend. Uh, so Grogu returns, um, which is amazing. We see him in the X-wing, and I think Luke Skywalker's back. I'm like, holy shit! It's Luke, and it's not Luke, but it's R2 and Grogu. I guess um, R2 drove the. You know, these these astromech droids can fly ships, you know, on their own, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, you know, I thought it was kind of cute and. Uh, how the lady mechanic of Tatooine, um, Amy Sedaris's character, uh, you know, was so happy to see Grogu come out of that X-wing. Uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> just to be reunited, and uh, uh, which is a good thing because had he not left that planet, that Jedi Temple planet, as you know, Ben Solo, aka Kylo Ren, destroys that uh, Jedi Temple and, and wiping out all the students. So. You know, if you think about it, he left and, you know, kind of saved, saved himself in a, in a way. Think about well, it. He could have, he could have um, saved them at the temple too, though, in the future. That's true too. Yeah. He would have been much stronger in the force at that point. Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe he's the cause of all those deaths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. No. Um, so we just saw just a big action episode, Chach. I mean, basically. Yeah, it was like nonstop fighting. Nonstop action after that particular scene, um, getting the troops assembled uh, on uh, the protagonist side, which is Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, Black Crescenton, the Mod Biker Gang, and now Freetown. Freetown um, came uh, at just the right moment to, to help. Um, the protagonists 
um, against the Pike Syndicate. Uh, see, I don't know what to call the group. I just call the protagonists because there's so like a bunch of different characters all yeah, on one yeah. side. Um, and it was good to see Weequay, which I'm curious if it's the same Weequay for Return of the Jedi. I'm not sure, but I thought it was the same name, the bartender of Freetown, wow. which I think it's funny. Like, it's Moss Pelgas. No, it's Freetown now. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Um, but yeah, lots of action. And then we see these, like, two monster droids that basically... Oh, man. They actually look like uh, two of the monster droids from the prequel movies, but just ten times the size of the ones we saw. And they really dominated the entire fight. That is, until we saw... The Rancor Pit Monster. Yes. Oh, yeah. So Boba Fett apparently had been training how to ride this this uh, Rancor, and uh, the Rancor uh, was very instrumental in taking out the first um, killer droid uh, with the help of the Darksaber from Din Djarin, also with the help of Baby Yoda, taking a screw out of that droid to help uh, you know disassemble it. And... Uh, yeah, I we didn't see any um, of the training um, in the episodes with the Rancor. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, you figured you would have you would see more of that, but we didn't. Because I really thought the Rancor was going to be a trick by the Huts. Yeah. Have, have the Rancor attack um, Boba Fett because yeah. I wasn't sure why the Huts would just give him this big dominating weapon Yeah. when they don't want him there. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I'm trying to recall what happened to the second droid, but I believe it's a similar similar situation as last time. A combination of Grogu, Din Djarin, um, but also the fact that the Mod Street Gang and some of the Freetown army turned on the Rancor, I guess, or maybe the Rancor turned on them, and they started attacking the Rancor. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it's kind of yeah. like I was seeing some betrayal there because I thought the Rancor was now you know, the protagonist that we could, uh, you know, uh, cheer on. But uh, they're successful in the second uh, droid with more help from everybody else, but uh, not without a crazy fight. I mean, we saw, um, you know, Chrysanthemum, like, take a really big beating. Apparently he needs the the back to tank. Um, Yeah. We also saw, sadly, the death of the Gamorrean guards. Yeah, that was sad. They fell from quite a distance. Are they the original ones from the um, Return of the Jedi? They are. They're, okay. the, they're the ones, the two of the surviving ones that uh-huh. some people are criticizing that they're not very similar looking to the, the OG Gamorrean guards from Return of the Jedi, but I'm not going to nitpick on it. You know, it's Star Wars, guys. You know, we're getting. Yeah, people we're getting, do nitpick on the Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> they really do. Some My of God. the worst fans ever, yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I mean, for sure. they had the right to be angry at some stuff, but other stuff you got to let it go. I mean. Yep. Yeah, you, know, you, can't, you can't get upset about the Gamorrean guards looking different. Yeah, <laughs> when you're using computer animation and stuff. And yeah, uh, what else did we see? Um, I mean, I think the the, the mod gang uh, chick uh, is pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, she's also in that Showtime show, uh, Yellow Jackets. If you want to check her out. Okay. Um, but uh, she does really well in the uh, the fight against the Pike Syndicate, along with Scad, the uh, the mob with the cybernetic eye, yeah. who does a little like spin, which was uh, 
seen in Robert Rodriguez's film El Mariachi. So I think that was a an Easter egg to that, actually. Um, yeah. Um, we also um, saw initially before everything went down, which I, just thought, I thought was kind of funny, was uh, the Twi'lek. Uh, Major Dobo. <laughs> I think he's just a great actor. He's just so he's great comic relief. He's just so pleasant, you know. And you know, he's trying to negotiate with the Pike Syndicate to to uh, you know, not go to war. Then he reads what they say, we're gonna offer you nothing, and he's like very hesitant to say what he wants he's to like say. He's like one of those coward type of characters. Yes, he, he's okay. a great character, but then that's what did Jar and Boba Fett just you know, just wreak havoc and shoot them all down. Um but yeah, I mean, first of all, let's also talk about how heartwarming was it to see Mando just leap into uh, Mando's oh, arms. Yes. I mean, and he said, I missed you too, buddy. I mean, <laughs> you know, a lot of people thought that was very, very, uh, you know, heartwarming. That's to say the oh, least. So. Yeah. So after I mean, the second, I mean, they they struck gold with um, Baby Yoda. I mean, this, that would never happen again. You know what? He's gonna maybe. he's gonna be around forever. He's gonna be yeah. around for uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years. He can <laughs> still be in the canon long after we're all dead. Yeah. He can still be in the canon because he's a he is a a part of an alien race that lives forever. Uh, not forever, but at least for four hundred years. Right? <laughs> yeah, but they gotta wonder where he was during the um, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, hopefully they'll they'll pay that off in uh, season three. And uh, yes, at the end of the episode, some crazy uh, crazy surprises. Well, first of all, after they take out the second uh, huge uh, monster droid, um, and uh, it seems like it's a victory. Cad Bane returns, the blue badass bounty hunter, who's got uh, some inter- cool. he's got some interesting past with Boba Fett. So now. If you didn't know, he's very featured in Clone Wars and Rebels. And this I is the know first, that. Yeah, he's the, that's why there's all that history that we don't know about with Boba Fett and Cat Bane. And they have their little shootout. And uh, yeah, can you believe it? Uh, Boba Fett, uh, victorious in the one-on-one battle. Uh, and it seems, seems like uh, Cat Bane is, has been killed. Um, you think he was dead though? Because it wasn't like I don't know. The guy didn't see a hole in him or anything. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. He stabbed in the in the center of the heart. Um, it seemed, or I don't know who's alien race. Maybe his heart's in a different place. I don't yeah, know. But... They got those Dapka tanks and everything. I don't know. Like is. Yeah. I mean, unless you cut off somebody's head, I don't know if they're really dead, are they? Yeah, that's the thing about the back attack, and that brings us to the yeah. Easter egg at the end of the. Uh, and credits, Chachi, we see uh, – well, first of all, they talk about how Chrysanthemum needs to go to the back to Keck, and then Boba Fett needs to go back because he's got injuries too. But mm-hmm. then he says, can't use it. Somebody's in it, basically. You know, it's being used. Ends up being Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth is alive. We all thought he was dead. In fact, in the episode, Weequay says they took down they, – they, they took down uh, Cobb Vanth, you know – yeah, you know, I assumed that he would had been killed after you know after Cat Bane uh, came into Freetown, but no. Cobb Van Timothy Al Olfitt's character is in the back to tank and uh, looks like he's going to get modded up because that that mod uh, the Cobb the modifier um, who saved Fedek Shan's life apparently has to give Cobb Van some cybernetic parts as well. 
So there you go. That's um, that's yeah, that's a top ten. There, we're gonna come back with more Disney Plus stuff. Lots of big news. Yeah, but I thought it, I thought it was a really enjoyable series, and I know a lot of people criticized it because said it wasn't as good as Mandalorian, you know, and, and maybe it wasn't yeah. as good because I was I thought that was great, and I, I thought this was really close to it. And at the end of the yeah. day, we're getting these great Star Wars series that are you know almost on the same level as as the movies. And who thought we'd be getting this? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm happy with it. So I think Mike the General Zod is back, but we're actually going to take our uh, classic cut break. And uh, let's go ahead and play the classic cut theme, Chach. So here we go. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's. Chachi. Yeah, that's right. Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut. For each and every week that I'm on the show, I'll go back into our archives, find some great cassette tapes, and play it for your listening pleasure. And this week is no different. I'm going back to the 80s. And this is by an obscure band called Motley Crue. Obscure, yeah, yes. right. <laughs> and a band that you know they um, broke up, had their final tour, and now they're like back on tour again. Surprisingly enough. Yeah, why well, would they say their final tour only to come back? Basically, just fake it out, everybody. But nonetheless, exactly. they made every yeah. every band, money. every band like uh, in the Twilight. Guns and Roses, did, yeah, that. Guns and Roses said that. You know, last tour, whatever. But yeah, anyways. yeah. yeah. But you've been—I've been seeing a lot of Motley Crue stuff um, on a lot of these TV shows in the past couple of weeks. Uh, if, I'm not sure if you guys have been watching um, Pam and Tommy. Are we going to talk about that tonight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, but we have mentioned the show in the trailer. Uh, but we can uh, definitely talk about it. Um, yeah, a little later in the program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I haven't you know, seen it either, but I know about Motley Crue. Really good. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, a lot of uh, Motley Crue music and stuff, and you know, featuring um, Tommy Lee and then in the sex tape with Pam Anderson back in the 90s. And then if you watch the recent episode of uh, Peacemaker, he's actually playing the piano <laughs> to this song, which is Home Sweet Home. So he's doing the whole intro piano part to the song. Yeah. So that's the song I'm picking this week, you know, in honor of Pam and Tommy and Peacemaker. This is Home Sweet Home from 1985. Wow, that was that long ago? Yeah. Jeez. Wow, that is a long time ago. All right, we'll be back with the classic cut, the top nine, um, when we get back. Home Sweet Here we go. Home Motley Crew, And also, it was re-released in 91, so that's why it might seem like it was... Um, oh, yeah. What it was. Okay. And it was um, actually a bigger hit in 91 than it was in 85. That's what I thought. I was like, wow, yeah. five. <laughs> and we will be back right after the classic cut. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Home sweet home. Tonight, tonight. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Home sweet home. Yeah. 
Oh, just want to shout out happy birthday, Sabrina Taylor Smith. Yes. Um, we were uh, just talking about this off the air, but she threw a hell of a party. With lots of eye candy. Generally, <laughs> <laughs> you're missed that Sabrina Taylor Smith. Yeah. Now that the now that the rates have gone down and I don't have to worry I, about. I sent you the graph. Was Omicron is gone, dude. It's like almost gone. Almost. Yeah, I don't have to worry about <laughs> killing my in-laws because, like, I would have went, but then, yeah. um, I got a little bit of a, um, ah, there's no other way to to describe. You had some, it. Gu- you had some guilt, guilt trip. Guilt from, trip uh, had the very minuscule chance you have gotten Omicron. It would have been bad. Yeah, yeah. My father-in-law, he's like he had open heart surgery and like okay. stuff, and so it was. And they happened to to come down the next the next day, and apparently they made the plans for this a while ago. And yeah, but but you would have felt bad if you got him sick and you know yeah anything worse. So yeah, well, I think you made the right decision just for your peace of mind. There Although you go. I did, wow, I did gotcha. finally do yeah. something social last night because I yeah? had my job class, and then we yes. all went, we all went out for drinks. I love hearing this. Birds, and I sang karaoke. And oh, nice! What did you sing? I sang "Friend Like Me" from Aladdin. Oh my God! Did, did you really? Okay. Yeah, I got a big. I got I actually got a pretty big pop from did you get the a pop. People. Yeah, you got a pop. Wow. <laughs> Your um your improv group sounds like a lot of fun. I'll have yeah, to, they're they're cool as shit. Like I'll have to do a uh, karaoke night with you guys. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, it's on like it's a place called the Crown in um yeah, on, familiar. On, on Charles Street. Like it's close to uh it's close to the uh, Bonnemarie Improv Group Theater and huh. um, yeah, on Tuesday nights they have uh, karaoke and 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 good Korean food too. So it's like. That's a win-win. Yeah, and there were yeah. and there was some there was some nice eye candy there too. Nice, you get your karaoke game on and get your squid game on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Huh? All right, let's go back to the top uh, nine. Right, going through this list. Uh, um, this is also Star Wars news, guys. Obi Wan Kenobi just announced the release date, guys, yeah. May twenty fifth. Yeah, Wednesday before Memorial Day weekend. This is CEO. Disney CEO Bob Chap- Chappick announced, and of course it's uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, reprising his role from the prequels, Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader, Joel cool. Edgerton and Bonnie Peace, who are uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in the pre- prequels, are coming back, and a lot of wow. new So new is Hayden Christensen numbers. actually playing Darth Vader? He's not playing Anakin? He might do both. I have a feeling he could do both flashbacks and darth vader with you know when he takes off his helmet he can portray him as well okay and the great thing is that you know thank god uh james earl jones is still with us so the voice of darth vader is still still around so that's great um and chachi you mentioned earlier with that whole uh software maybe they can use the younger Vader, Vader uh, James Earl Jones, Vader voices. You know his his voice has changed. You know we get older, your voice changes. Right. Um, and that might be something that might you know, <clears throat> might want to think about. Maybe they did already because it's already in post production. But yeah. uh, I mean, I'm his voice, is, his voice is still pretty close though. I think it's not okay. like. I'm pretty excited though. May 25th, um, there's I'm a poster. Obi Wan Kenobi. The poster is basically Ian McGregor on the sands of Tatooine. It seems. Um, 
because uh, which is interesting because Tatooine is Tatooine is the whole um, is the planet that's used in Book of Boba Fett and it's all over Mandalorian. Although Mandalorian there was a lot of other planets featured, but Obi Wan Kenobi that's basically where Obi Wan hides out. So I, I was actually surprised. Yeah, I mean, timeline-wise, we would have seen Sir Alec Guinness's in uh, Book of Boba Fett. No, he passed away in the first Star Wars. No, you will not see him in that timeline. But you, but yes, Obi Wan Kenobi. This is the the timeline that hasn't really been done yet. Between episodes three and four, there hasn't been yeah. too much done. Um, so we're gonna see that. Well, All right. The- when did um, um, Han Solo take place? Is there not that time? Han right? Solo, yeah. Han Solo took place around the same. Hold on. Ooh, timelines are a little messy, yeah. Uh, well, that yeah. Was closer. That was closer to. Like, that was a closer Hope, to though. a New Hope, whereas the Obi Wan Kenobi is closer to three. Three, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I'm excited for it. I mean, cause, I mean, it was amazing seeing um, Darth Vader and um, Rogue One. So. <laughs> It wasn't it like that scene? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Now, that that like one scene. Where, yeah, that's that's a scene I think that I will remember from the Star Wars universe. Oh God, yes, forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely one of the better newer movies. I Rogue One ranks up there. I, 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 oh, Rogue One is far and away I think the best Star Wars movie since oh. Empire. Since yeah. Empire. Yeah. Wow, even better yeah. than uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I thought so. Wow, holy smokes. That's a big big statement there. Um, all right, guys, moving on. Number eight. Anthony Ramos has been cast in Marvel Studios Ironheart at Disney Plus. Of course, it also stars Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams. As you know, this because makes sense because uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is no longer with us in the MCU. Someone mm-hmm. has to wear the um the, the suit of armor right the yeah. iron man suit so it's going to be riri williams and of course this is all comic lore right general zod yeah i mean she's not a character i've really cared all that much about in the yeah comics, but it, it's like a um she's a teen prodigy oh thank energy. god thank god yeah oh it's gonna be great builds her own suit by reverse engineering tony stark's iron oh, man what a genius they're supposed to be smarter than Tony Stark, but yet she uses the technology. Well, what a, re- what a trailblazer! Rever- reverse engineers it though. That's kind yeah, of I mean, yeah, I mean, she's supposed to be like in the comics at least. She was like fourteen or fifteen, and uh, I don't yeah. know how old is the actress playing her. Um, I'd have to think, look that one think, up. Think yeah. eight. <laughs> Dominique Thorne is uh, the actress that's playing Riri Williams. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, I don't know. I don't be a know. series. What was that? It's a series on, on Disney Plus. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be able to skip it. Yeah. And Anthony Ramos, as you know, he's in The Heights, Hamilton. He's got a lot of great uh, credentials. Yeah, I have no idea what character he would be playing. Like, I'm trying to think of like who's in Ironheart lore that I could even think of. Right. Well, maybe <laughs> and... some of your favorite like Iron Man characters would show up. Yeah, maybe. You know. Like there honestly aren't that many like super yeah. memorable Iron Man like strictly Iron Man villains. Like a lot of them are like kind of like fuggy type characters. You know the ones who. <laughs> well, I mean, what I mean by that is like, because um, Iron Man like you know more of the the better Iron Man stories actually were he 
is when he's up against like more established, just like regular Marvel characters as opposed to Iron Man specific characters. And um, so, yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, number seven is just um, all the news from the Disney branded television session at the TCA. That's the Television Critics Association's Winter Press Tour. So I'll just mention these off rather quickly because this is not stores where we can kind of comment a lot on. But uh, Rita Ora has joined the cast of Disney Plus's upcoming Beauty and the Beast prequel. Interesting. She'll she'll actually play a fugitive with surprising abilities who carries with her a secret that could potentially affect an entire kingdom. Is this a cartoon or live action? Um, good question. Yeah. Um, I believe this is didn't it didn't allude to it, but it says cast and not voice cast, which makes right. me think this could be a Beauty and the Beast um, uh, prequel um, live action. I don't know. I don't know. This is a good question, man. Um, but Josh Gad, Luke Evans, Brianna Milton uh, among the cast. Um, yeah. Josh Gad was in the live action one. So it must be for a live yes. action. Yeah, I think it's going to be live action. Yeah. But I got it. Like, how it's can Disney milk stuff? Like, they'll milk yes. shit to death. They don't care. You're getting like prequels with stuff you never cared about, you yep. know, and like remakes and everything. It's like, oh yeah. Like, sometimes it's good all, to leave. Baby. Sometimes it's good to leave a little bit of money on the table. You know, you don't need to hit all the money off the table. Well, what about this one? I think you'll like this one a little better, Chuck. Right, this we'll, is we'll uh, also from the TCA Disney meeting. Super Fudge, one of Judy Bloom's best-selling books, but <laughs> but but from the Russo brothers. How cool that, is that? The Russo that's brothers. Wild. Isn't that wild? This is. What a super fudge! Super yes. fudge takes me back to like God, like that elementary school third third grade. Yeah, yeah. released in 1980. It centers around the Hatcher family, um, and he's living a good life in New York. He's got his pet turtle, his own room, great parents, and a three year old brother named Fudge. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like I like I always like those books because like the. Um... I got a younger brother that was around the same age as Fudge, so it always like I could always relate to the way the character acted. <laughs> oh, and, and I, and I, it's probably the last book I read was probably Super Fudge. Okay, so you're gonna tune in. Like, uh, <laughs> this is something you're gonna like, huh? Not not a know, big reader, huh, Josh? What? <laughs> not, not a, a big No, no, no. <laughs> not not quite a literary mind. Uh, not not too much. Also, they have um, some um, unscripted series coming up uh one was with, with brie larson captain marvel oh, yeah yeah i know you love her um it's called growing up a docuseries that looks at 10 different coming of age tales okay and also jeremy renner hawkeye also has an unscripted series um <laughs> called renovations get it jeremy renner renovations Oh or, yeah, I guess that yeah. has to do. It's it's like it's probably like a home improvement type thing, isn't well, it? Well, he, he travels the world to help communities by reimagining unique purpose-built vehicles. Oh, then that's so different than what I thought it would be. Yeah, because I read I read about Jer like Jeremy Renner. If you read about his like regular life, he is one fucking weird guy. <laughs> and like um and one of the things like there's this hilarious story about how like he made this app 
that was supposed to be this like social media app that uh, was supposed to be like so his fans could connect with him and it would become this like social media thing. And it was like completely overtaken by trolls who like spoofed like so many people like there were like at least it, it, they said at some point there was like well over 100 Jeremy Renner um profiles uh. on there oh my goodness <laughs> and, um, and so maybe yeah. he's got a weird thing with uh, these kind of vehicles he's uh reimagined unique purpose-built vehicles so um but yeah the guess about home brew renovations was kind of was was uh it made sense you know um and brie larson's story uh or, or series is about documentary filmmaking um but in a series format for um young young people 18 to 22 as they tell their story <clears throat> okay so um young, young women yeah exactly of color it's it's really really hard for me to imagine either of those things i don't know dude it's but you really you really don't like brie larson chachi do you i don't like captain marvel i i I was disappointed by that movie so is it is it just based on her and captain marvel that's why you don't like her yeah i don't like her acting as the character okay I i think she's trying i guess she's trying to be stiff and wooden and she definitely is yeah, I mean, I will definitely say her portrayal is really off-putting because, yeah. Yeah, like you said, it she's really stiff and wooden. You're not like it's 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 really she really needs more charisma. Is what you're it's really, but she yeah. had charisma and other stuff. Like she was great in Twenty One Jump Street, and she was really good in um, what else has she been in? Oh, well, she was a good actress in Room. She won. Yeah. Oh, Room. Room is a fantastic movie. So, I mean, she's proven she's a great actress, but maybe, maybe she doesn't have the charisma to pull off a superhero, right? Yeah. Um, and then Will Smith has a project with Disney Plus, with National Geographic, called Pole to Pole, which follows Will on a journey from the South Pole to the North Pole. Holy smokes! Look at that. That sounds fun. It could be. It's yeah. a. I really hope one day that I, I mean, don't you want to become a celebrity where you could just take a trip and then it becomes this like project where you like make a show out yes. of it? Yes. Yeah. Every day exactly. of my life. Every day. Yeah. Of my life. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's like when you heard about like how like every Adam Sandler movie takes place in like some kind of like vacation locale because <laughs> excuse <laughs> for him to go on vacation. Absolutely right, dude. All right. Nice. We're zipping through this, guys. Number six is the Amazon slate. I think some trailers dropped um, includes Foe, a sci-fi thriller that was acquired right out of the Cannes Film Festival with Saoirse Ronan, Paul Mescal, and Aaron Pierre. So is that Foe, F-O-E, or F-O-E, yes. F-A-U-W. Okay, so F-O-E. So it's a story of Hen and Junior, a young married couple, living a solitary life on their isolated farm. And they get a knock on the door from a stranger named Terrence that changes everything. Mm. And apparently, Juna has been randomly selected to travel to a large experimental space station orbiting Earth. Right. Yeah, that could be yeah. interesting. It does That's sound. Cool. And, of course, we got a trailer. Right, a little bit of a... Well, we will get it. Sorry, we will get a teaser trailer of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power which will debut on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, next week's show is all about 
the Super Bowl. So just make sure you tune in for that. Um, so I will be definitely looking forward to this because we had Emma Horvath, who wasn't even allowed to talk about her character on last week's show, who has a role in Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. But Emma Horvath. Oh, okay. I, I thought you said Horbath. Yeah. I mean, that's a helpful name. <laughs> H-O-R-V-A-T-H. Okay. And a lot of people love this Reacher series on Amazon. Season 2 renewal already. Um, it just debuted February 4th, so already making waves. Um, Number 5, Um, I really just want to talk a little bit about Euphoria. Um, I'm four episodes in. And it's just such a crazy, wild show, guys. Has anyone seen it? Can uh, Does anyone uh, have an opinion on it? Uh, first of all, yeah. I think the Rue character, played by Zendaya, reminds me of our own Sabrina Taylor-Smith in a lot of ways. Uh, really? When you watch the series, you'll probably know what I mean, but not if you have seen it. But, uh, you know, Rue is a character um, that is struggling with addiction issues, you know? And, uh, <laughs> Maybe that's the way the best way to phrase it, but uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really it's really a, it's really a coming of, it's a coming okay. of age uh, dramatic series, and it's got the beautiful Sydney Sweeney who is naked a lot in it, and um, it's got a great actress, uh, Hunter Schaefer, a uh, transgender actress who's uh, great, and apparently her first acting gig. And knocked it out of the park. She, she does a great job. Um, Eric, um, Eric Dane is in it as well. Veteran actor who plays the father of uh, one of the young protagonists. So uh, it's uh, it's very powerful. It's just, it, I mean, you know, it tackles, you know, um, a lot of like coming of age issues, you know, with dealing with their sexuality and um, you know, experimental drug use, lots of partying. Um, <laughs> but it, it kind of, it's kind of cool because it's, it's, the show is, is very experimental, kind of like Adam McKay's, uh, don't look up movie and a lot of his work where they cut away to, to very, um, you know, it's not, it's not narrative. It's narrated by Ruse and his character, but, but also they cut away to, to scenes that are not kind of related to the narrative of the show. Where they have like fantasy sequences, you know, where one of the characters is imagining this like Lord of the Rings, um, you know, uh, Cal Drogo type character, like, you know, you know, taking her virginity, things like that. I mean, it's just it's just wild. And I highly recommend it, guys. HBO, HBO Max. Um, it's in its second season. So uh, check it out, guys. Check it out. Hopefully, maybe some someone will be able to talk before you when we talk about the finale. Uh, number four is the stuff, uh, new stuff on Apple TV. Now, this is interesting. This is Sam Jackson uh, in a movie called The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. He's aged 20 years. So he's about 70 years old, which is crazy and, and, to think about that Sam Jackson's 70. But he's aged to 90 to play a dementia-ridden title character who agrees to an experimental medical treatment to regain his memories. Mm. Uh, but the effect is only temporary. He's now in a race against time to solve the murder of his nephew before his restored memory fades. So it's kind of like a... Flowers a race for to, Algernon, but yeah. it's like a mystery. Huh. 
because he's like, you know, he's got that race where he might forget everything unless he re- recollects everything in time. He can solve the murder of his nephew. So that's pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool, though. And uh, Apple TV also has two comedy series. One is a dark comedy called Sunny with Rashida Jones based on the book Dark Manual. And also a show called Mrs. American Pie, a comedy starring Kristen Wiig and Laura Dern. Um, well, really quick, Mrs. American Pie is set in the early 70s. Follows uh, Kristen Wiig's character of Maxine as she attempts to secure a place within the high society of Palm Beach. This uh, this is a 10-episode series. Whereas Sonny with Rashida Jones... Um, is uh, Rosita Jones playing Susie, an American woman living in Kyoto, Japan, whose life is upended when her husband and son disappear in a mysterious plane crash. So, ah. and they're both comedy. Well, Kristen Wiig's is one is it's definitely comedy. Yeah, Rosita Jones is kind of a dark comedy, is what they're calling it. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly comedy. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, right? Comedy. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. All right, number three. Let's talk about some. Hulu stuff, and let's start with um with Chachi, the show that you've watched, the uh, Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson um show. I know you probably how uh, did they did they drop the finale already? Or is no, that's... no. Okay, so tell tell us a little bit about it. I I think they're in episode I, four now. Okay, so what I've seen in the trailer, I think that I was doubtful at first because you know Sebastian Stan's so clean cut. And then um, the actress playing, oh God, please remind me of her name, Lily James, playing yeah. Pat Anderson, is British, you know. But yeah. after seeing the trailer, I'm like, wow. Yeah, they look just like them. They really right. do. And they, really they, they use prosthetics and everything and makeup and all that. But they look just like them. I mean, like, like it, it's it really looks like them from the '90s. It's crazy. Now, is there is there nudity on this show? Oh yeah, oh, there's, yeah. There's too much nudity, like. Nice, like, nice. like you see Tommy Lee's dick like a million times. Now, do you think it was, <laughs> do you think it was Sebastian Stan's dick, or do you think they had a dick stunt double or something? I think it was a stunt double because in one scene it was talking to um to the Tommy Lee character. Oh, okay. When he was on drugs, so that definitely wasn't real. It probably it probably it also probably, probably wasn't was, real no. And definitely wasn't Sebastian Stan. I mean the winter. <laughs> I mean things shrink for the Winter Soldier, don't they? In the winter, things shrink. but yeah it really takes you back to a time when like this is a different era you know and like everybody wanted to see the the pam and tommy lee sex tape Mm -hmm. it was a really big deal like that was the the first major sex tape right yeah that was uh it started it all huge story yeah paris hilton kim kardashian followed um, years later, but yeah, I think that was the original one. And this is definitely like one of the best ones too, compared to all the other ones. Like, <laughs> do like, you know, Paris real Pam and, or Tommy Lee appear in 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 it at all in like smaller roles or anything? Nothing yet. And I heard that I heard that Tommy Lee signed off on it, but that Pam didn't sign off or endorse it or whatever. Like, yeah. So Tommy Lee was more involved than Pam Anderson was. But you know, Seth Rogen plays the guy that stole the tape. Yeah, you know, he, I remember seeing a picture of him. He looks so different. Yeah, he really does. He really does. 
you know, but it's, it's like a lot of good music. It's really good '90s feel to it. Um, yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely enjoying it. I mean, you're, you're, we're getting so much content now through these streaming platforms. Oh my God, yes, this is crazy. Yeah, you know, and that, and, that that's why a lot of movies are want to go straight to streaming now. Yeah, yeah, and it and like a lot of these um, shows are like just like movie quality now. Absolutely. Yeah, because before there's always there was a big gap between like what you see at the movies and what you see on TV. Like, oh TV, yeah, especially back in the '80s. That yeah. lower budget, yeah. You know, like, like stuff, I'm watching like the stuff at sound stages, mostly like you know the live yeah. television audiences kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm watching like, night and like day now. Night watching day. like 1883. It's just like like beautiful scenery and like you really feel like you're there with, with the people. That's awesome. Well, one thing I think is awesome on Hulu is the Orville and that's Seth MacFarlane's uh, sci-fi comedy, which is already up its third season. It's not going to be on Fox for season three. They just dropped a trailer and it's so good. I mean, it looks amazing, um, but you get, you know, the family guy humor in a Star Trek type of universe, but it's not Star Trek, of course. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm really enjoying the Orville. I can't wait. And now that, um, a certain Miss LST, your your grace, Miss Khaleesi, has hooked a brother <laughs> up with a Hulu password. Um, I can now <laughs> I can check out uh, uh, the Orville uh, when it drops on uh, June second. And um, oh, man, I love Amanda Seyfried. Uh, she's going to be in a new sh- Hulu show called The Dropout. Um, it premieres on March third. We'll follow um, her. Her character is Elizabeth Holmes, who was Theranos' founder and CEO. And she, um, she dropped out of uh, Silicon Valley for a fraudulent blood testing startup. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's based on a true story, guys. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy story if you read, like, what actually happened. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing how just audacious they were with the fraud. Like, nothing worked. Nothing in their, any of their products worked at all the way wow. they, they said it would. And, yeah, like, I I don't know if that trial is over. I know she's currently on trial, but, um, you know, there's, like, Well, on January 3rd, a federal jury in San, San, San Jose found her guilty of four counts of fraud. Okay, so so it is over, but like she was like, you know, the uh, uh, in the trial, like you know, she like completely broke down and talked about like all this like history of abuse that she had, and it was just insane. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Are you gonna? Are you looking forward to this um, biopic of sorts? Well, I gotta, Bio I gotta series. get, I gotta get hooked up with a Hulu password. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but That's it's, do, right. Like, but uh, yeah but yeah it's got all-star cast william h macy laurie metcalf elizabeth marble mm-hmm. michael gill um my, uh, michael ironside jesus christ that guy's been around forever yeah alan ruck sam waterston wow pretty much an all-star cast for this new series called the dropout and amy schumer's new uh series on hulu called life and beth um and uh that just dropped the trailer michael sarah's in it too who plays uh her love interest uh michael rapaport's in it um do you remember when amy schumer was such a big deal yeah she's still a big deal Eh. you don't think she's just much as a big deal now as she was before no i mean she's leading a show on uh, hulu and 
Well, she's like she's like one of your fellow alumni, Chach. Didn't Towson she? University, yeah. one of the Towson University success stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, shit, almost done here. Number two, Peacocks, uh, Joe versus Carol. Uh, just dropped the trailer. Uh, this is really not. I don't know what this countdown is. Like, this is are these the, the top? <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's a no. It's a no. It's a no specific order. Oh, when well, we should count down then. Yeah. So it's Kate McKinnon and John Cameron Mitchell, um, and uh, this is the first scripted um, show based on the popular. Netflix documentary show Tiger King. Um, well, I mean, does this really need to exist? No. <laughs> and it's like a, um, I mean, Tiger King was fun to watch. It was, it became like this cultural phenomenon for a while. And yeah. It, I never even was, watched the season two. But it, but it, but it no, was one either. of those things you could kind of tell it's going to be a fad, and then people will forget about it. And, um, you know, that's that's why, like, I can't believe there was a second season for Tiger King. And now there is un, unless they make unless the uh, this scripted version is just insanely funny. I can't imagine this being successful. I can't imagine people giving a yeah. shit. Yeah, I watched like I watched I don't know, it was like one or two episodes of season two of Tiger King. But Joe yeah. Exotic was in in prison. So you had audio of his voice here and there. But it wasn't like, you know, he was the star of the show. And the show was insane enough where I don't think you need a scripted version of it because yeah, nothing can be more insane than reality for this. Well, I, I the one thing I remember that was really surreal about Tiger King was I remember being in a um, being in a virtual meeting at work, and this was just like around the time the um, the pandemic started, and. One of the like senior senior VPs, while she was giving her like you know like town hall type thing, kept talking about yes, I finally watched Tiger King and kept <laughs> talking about it over and over again. And all I could think is, why am I hearing this from her? Like yeah. it's uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah. Tiger King definitely hit at the right time because everything was going on lockdown. That was yeah. the first pandemic show that yeah, and the, all these uh, insane Queen's Gambit. characters. Yep. Like it was lightning in the bottle. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect to watch through the <laughs> pandemic, guys. All right, number one on my list is the cancel culture. Not too much cancel culture. We did talk about Joe Rogan from last week, even though now with Joe, there's N-word uh, compilation videos that's out there, which only adds to the to the controversy now. Yeah, how, where, how convenient that came out. Yeah, and well, yeah, they could definitely go back and look for it once you piss off the snowflake masses, um, which in case, you know, he was, you know, first accused of COVID misinformation. Um, but now it's focused on Aquafina uh, for the newest cancel culture of sorts, as she's getting criticized for her use of the black scent, which is basically <laughs> talking like a bonics, you know, like, yeah. So when you get together people... with your brothers, you know, when you start talking like you want the homies, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, apparently that could be seen as, a you know, you know, I'm going to cancel you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you cancel them, we'll get off here earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, yeah. So it's African-American vernacular English. Aquafina knowledge 
that as a non-black person of color, she needs to understand the history of how black vernacular has often been appropriated by others throughout popular culture and in yeah. internet slang. But she also expressed that it's never been in her nature to use a language to mock other races or cultures. So she's from New York. She's a New York girl. She's kind of grew up in the, She's a city girl, you know? And if she's got a little bit of urban, you know, to her, the way she speaks, you know, I mean, I don't think it should be criticized, you know? Um, she was also a rapper, um, and her character in Crazy Rich Asians <laughs> kind of had that swagger to her, right? Yeah, she's she she has some really really great songs, by the way. She's yeah, uh, really. Her songs are funny as fuck, and um, like she has this song "My Veg," which is so fucking funny. Like yeah. it's like, um, so I don't know. I mean, you, I you guys just, know, it's, you guys it's too know. over the top. It's just so over the top, man. I just why are people getting? I mean, the little tiniest little goddamn thing offends people, and it's just so fucking annoying. I swear. Well, we God. need, like, you know, like all the stuff with the um, Russia and Ukraine. Like, maybe we maybe we need a world world war. The people start worrying about important stuff again, because oh, there's guess, there's enough important <laughs> stuff to worry about. Yeah, yeah. they don't. People don't though. Yeah. Where like you know, there's enough about like the dissolution of American democracy and like gerrymandering yeah. and everything like. Yeah. There's way more important things to worry about in the world yeah, you know, and shit. in America yeah. than and, and Joe Rogan is like one of the most moderate people you're going to meet. He anywhere. claims to be a liberal, but he does have conservative views about guns. He and, does. Well, he I mean, he endorsed um, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. He had yeah, Bernie on his so show and, and he wanted Bernie to win, he said. It's interesting. He's kind of like Omar, too. He ended yeah. up like voting on um, Libertarian in the last election. Right. Or whatever that candidate was. So he, he's not like people are trying to pin him as some kind of far right person and people are saying like Russian about 2.0 or whatever and it's not the case and he's i just he just has his opinions i definitely you know yeah yeah and, and like i said he's been on the road i definitely lost a lot of respect for neil young because if neil young was a truthful person he could have been like you know i have these different um opinions you know I'll come on your show and I'll talk to you about my opinions and I'll, you know, it's a big platform for him. If you really wanted to get his point of views across and I'm very pro vaccine. I had the Me booster too. and I wish that more people got the vaccine. But do you think that anybody in the world has gotten the vaccine now that Neil Young has left um, Spotify? You no, know, and, because and the, think, people, the people who listen to Neil Young are much more likely the people who already will get the vaccine as it is. But even so, I think the people who did not get the vaccine are now, they see this kind of bullying antics, they're mm-hmm. going to dig their heels in even further to not get the vaccine. Whereas I think if he went on the show and he started talking about facts and, you know, why he thinks it's good to get the vaccine or whatever, I think he could have, like, changed some minds. But I don't think he's changing any minds by doing this. And I think it's a dangerous slope. If he if he gets kicked off of Spotify, it's going to hurt a lot of podcasts, you know, you're going to see a you're going to see a big avalanche of people who don't agree with certain podcasts are going to get thrown off the air now. Instead of just being like, if you don't like Joe Rogan, don't listen to him. You know, like if you, you know, and like talk about the N word, like the compilation was him quoting that word from what what other people have said in different uh, quotes. Yeah, it's out of context. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and now I think most people wouldn't do that on the air, just knowing what kind of backlash you can get. But I mean, if you want to talk to somebody who, who did that for a career, like look at Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. 
Howard and, Stern, uh, there's a recent video of the, the where he wore blackface and and, and talked with, with with the black sense that Aquafina. Like, you know, I, I, actually, I actually remember. Yeah, the, like, remember that video? Yeah, well, like Howard Stern used Sherman to have a TV show for a while in the 90s. Yeah, with Sherman Hemsley. And I swear he did at least one black, blackface scene in that. Right. And, that, yeah, and he always had Daniel Carver, the KKK guy, on there. Yeah, Edward right. all the time with the with the with the Hollywood Squares he used to do, and like um, oh yeah, oh that's right, the KKK yeah. guy. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, he said the N word all the time, and Harry yeah. said the N word a lot. And it, it was in the context of comedy, and plus he was trying to show how stupid trying, the cake. Yeah, right, exactly, right. So I can see what he was doing, but you know, it's all about context. But I mean, if you want to bash rogan for quoting it you know you gotta definitely like super bash stern if you're gonna hold that same standard well, yeah that's the that's the one the place like, radio you guys, guys right you now. guys already know <laughs> how, you guys already know how progressive i am i don't make yeah. it i don't make any secret about my political views and but the whole thing with uh you know a lot of what you say makes sense because it's it's when we get into like the you know canceling like, you know, the thing you were talking about with Aquafina about, like, the appropriation and things like that, that stuff bothers me, too. Like, I cannot, I can't, like, you know, you eventually get to a point where it becomes, like, really counterproductive because you can't talk about anything and you can't, can't discuss anything. And that's something that separates people way more than... Really and like, you know, all that does is lead to, you know, what you were saying about how like, you know, dumbass anti-vaxxers are going to dig their heels more because they don't hear other views and uh-huh. they immediately tune them out. And, and Rogan is not like one of those, um, who's that one, who's that one crazy conspiracy guy, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah, he's not like one of those guys talking about putting ch- chips in you from a vaccine, all that dumb shit, or, you know? Well, the, the most <laughs> right. famous Alex Jones quote was about how um, something, some kind of, like, oh, what was it? The the trails that planes put off. Oh, yeah, the chemtrails. Yeah, the chemtrails yeah. P- get put in the water and turn frogs gay. <laughs> that, was the, that was the one. That that. Face? Yeah. That's crazy, man. That is insane. Yeah, but it, uh, it, it, like you know, and like the Rock came out and endorsed them, and then the Rock right. kind of like the Rock kind of pulled his endorsement from him. You're right. The like, Rock had some interesting um, promos in the past when he's with WWE, where he's making fun of the Chinese. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah voice, right. uh, you know, accent, and and, and and you know, obviously not proper Chinese. He was speaking, and um, I was really yeah. like, I was really impressed with the Rock coming out defending him at first, because apparently they're good friends or whatever. So I'm like, right. Well, good for Rock for supporting his friend but then it kind of like taking a step back so quickly you know kind of like maybe lose a little bit of respect for the rock because oh about the the end after hearing joe's n-bombs yeah especially yeah. um because he didn't take time to even find out the context or whatever and and the rock you know keeps flirting with um running for president one day and i think he will at some point but if you're gonna run for president no i don't think you i don't think you really will do you think I, you I, will? I, I, I think he was. I mean, if he if if he stays healthy and stuff, and I think he might do it later in his career. He's loving acting so much, though. I mean, man. I don't but know. but if you're gonna do something like that, you can't. You're gonna have to take a stand at some point, especially if you take a stand. You got to keep a stand because you're not gonna. There's no way you're gonna please everybody, and yeah. I think it'd be a big mistake for The Rock to run because The Rock, at least you know, he's getting a lot of backlash now, but he is usually universally loved. 
Right. And if you run for president, you're not going to keep that. Like nobody, nobody wants like a. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say nobody. But most people don't want, don't want a moderate anymore. They want somebody like far left or far right. You know, and you got to and mm. you got to agree with every single view that you have if you're on the right or every single view you have on the left. You know, and you can't even work together anymore. You know, like like before, you used to like be like, well, you know, I'm a Republican president, and I got to work with Congress, and I got like maybe like 50 percent of what I wanted, but it was still 15 percent better than what we had, you know. But now people want like, I want 100 percent or nothing, you know, and I don't want to give the other yeah. side any wins. I want every every side. And it's, it's getting ridiculous, you know. And um, you know, now you're seeing all this stuff about um, have you seen had the news about Playboy? Oh, with Hugh Hefner and like some yeah. of the some of the girls next door are apparently, you know, saying um, negative things about Hugh Hefner. Yeah, like, like the one came out today and said that she got pregnant by Hugh Hefner, like she was 19, and she got pregnant by him. Then she went and had like a secret abortion and said it was like a devil, a devil baby. She said a devil how, baby. Yeah, a how she what? That. A devil baby? Is that yeah? What <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. And how she lived in the mansion for two years, but you know. But, you know, she was coerced to be in there and stuff. And, like, it's just insane. Like, I see some of these. Now, I haven't watched the series for Playboys. So I don't know all what they talked about. But, yeah, only from what I've read, yeah. yeah. But these girls lived in the mansion for free. A mansion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got allowances from Hugh Hefner to be his girlfriend or, or whatever. And now they're complaining, like, oh, well, I couldn't leave the mansion. It was like a call and, like, I had to be home by 8 p.m. And, mm-hmm. like. He's a sugar daddy. He's a sugar daddy, and you living in a mansion for free, getting allowance, that means you're acting as a child, you know, where you get to follow rules of your so-called daddy. Right. You know what I mean? And this is when two adults go into a relationship, you know, so you have to, like, say, okay, if I don't want to do these, the one of all these rules, I won't live there, you know, but because he have to know, he was old, and he knows that a lot of these women were, like, gold diggers, you know, <laughs> and, and, and whores. And if they and if they were to go out at night, you know, without him, because he's an older man now, if they were going to like be out partying and clubbing. They're probably going to be hooking up, you know, outside of the mansion, you know, <laughs> at these clubs with younger, right. better-looking guys. So he knew this. That's why he had a curfew. Right. He's smart. He's trying that to make sense. Investment. So like, no one, no one's asking me or you live in a fucking mansion, <laughs> giving us allowances, right? That's good so, like, point. You have to have some self-responsibility, you know. Like you, you can't be like. Oh well, it wasn't fair that you know I was stuck to be there, and like I should have been able to live in the mansion for free and get allowance. I mean, are they locked in? Are they contractually locked in? I'm curious. Can they just fucking walk away if they want to? They I mean, probably. Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there was like a con. Like you can't contractually lock someone into something yeah. like that. That's called. Right. They would have stopped getting an allowance though. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. they walk away, but then they don't have the the mansion to live in for free right. or whatever. The parties, I, like, the fame. Much, like, were they? I'm assuming they were paid too, right? Well, that was the allowance. Yeah. You know, weekly allowance. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, and that's a that's a difficult thing to give up if like that's like a lifestyle you're used to, and yeah. so you have to work for a living. It's. Yeah. Uh, hey, working sucks. I mean, if you can sit there yeah. in a mansion, you yeah. just gotta like, like. Bang some older guy or whatever. Yeah, and, you yeah. wanna, and the thing is, the pew's no longer with us. So, no, so I try to no, cancel but, a man that's no longer with us. Is... But, you know, most of the stuff, and like I said, I haven't watched the series, but mm. but 
this the stuff about the curfews and stuff, the stuff that we knew. Cause we used to interview a lot of these playmates and, and yes, tell we did. about the curfews and when stuff. When they we had people, Playboy, there's no more Playboy. Yeah, so. and we knew people who yeah. came out like, um, you know, we knew people who like was was perhaps oh, girlfriends and stuff. And we knew a lot of the rules, and so it wasn't like a secret. It wasn't like like oh, this is stuff that was under wraps and nobody knew about it, and they're some covering the secret stuff. Like no, we knew about it back in the fucking nineties and in the two thousands. You know, like. And now, like Playboy, with a new Playboy or whatever, put out this um, thing and have how like they're listening to the women and they understand and they're just taking sitting back and listening and that you know now Playboy seventy percent women working there now and all this you know all this stuff like yeah. you know it's like don't sit there and try to bury Hefner again after all this yeah. you know like nobody knew people think like oh he was creepy or whatever well it was his lifestyle it was cassetting adults he wasn't going after children he wasn't like you know, raping people, as far as we know. And then, like I said, they could walk away if they want to walk away. Yeah, yeah. And they stayed. Like, they stayed. So. Like, oh, I, I had to live in the mansion and get this allowance. <laughs> exactly. And it's all yeah. after the fact, though, right? Yeah. But, but you know, just watching the, the Pam Anderson thing, watching the stuff of the 90s, and watching, like, Dark yeah. Side of the 90s now on Hulu. It's like, the 90s, there was just more, like, so much more freedom. Like, it was like, oh, people yeah. weren't offended by everything, you know? Yeah. Like, people were cassetting adults you know they wanted to like you know live with a with a you know 90 year old man and like and party and like get allowances and stuff they could do it like they weren't victims then it's a different time now my man yeah yeah well i i think this brings us to the end where we'll uh throw out some rest in peace shout outs but breaking news chachi you made me uh you allude to we know the cause of death for bob saget now um no, we were really sad when Bob passed away, and we were trying to figure out how was it possible because he's only 65 and fairly healthy. You know, he just yeah. did a comedy show, just did a stand-up show in Orlando, found his hotel room, but now that they did the autopsy, they determined that he passed away from head trauma. Mm. They concluded that he accidentally hit the back of his head on something um, and then thought nothing of it and went to sleep. No drugs or alcohol were involved. Wow. wow. That's wow, yeah. crazy. We're like... Uh, a freak accident? Yeah. Yeah, but it's to the point where he's like, he remained conscious like the whole time. And like you said, he probably just had a little headache and he's like, oh, I get some rest. Yeah. And just never woke up. That's insane. Wow. But like, I thought people, it was like a heart attack or something. That, yeah. Yeah. And I know the people were criticizing how um he um he had covid in december which was just a month before but it wasn't anything serious um but no, I, yeah i heard people talk about like, and i hate this this gets my nerves so bad people were like oh he died from the vaccine oh that's I'm horrible like, yeah i'm like first of all motherfucker like he just had covid like a couple months ago why is he gonna get a vaccine right after having covid right yeah and covid you don't get the vaccine in covid and you just die right like you know, so I hate that kind of a lot of, of ig- lot of ignorant people that think that. But uh, yeah, every celebrity, people, oh. people are claiming that Betty White died from the vaccine. Yeah, exactly. That was horrible yeah. too. But how did he hit his head? Yeah, I wonder huh. that. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if he slipped, slipped in the bathroom or something. Like. Yeah, I guess he, it's something that he only knows because he's probably at his hotel room by himself. He might have slipped and fell and said, "Ah, I'm okay. I'm tired." Yeah. That's uh, that's sad. Like very, very, that very you know, sad. a freak accident that you know, you think could have been avoided. Exactly. 
Um, just a few other names of those that are no longer with us, guys. Uh, Morgan Stevens, an actor best known for his role as David Reardon in the television series Fame. He also had a recording role on Melrose Place. Um, died at the age of 26 uh, from heart disease. Did you uh, say he died from at the age of 26? Yeah. Uh, sorry, died at the age of 70 on January 26. Uh, I was going to say, I'm like, God, yeah. how is he how was he even famous? How was he on Melrose Place? He must have been like an infant. I like, know, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's getting late. <laughs> so so in, on Melrose Place, he played Nick Diamond, an attorney working for the fam, for the Parisi family. I don't even remember yeah. the Parisi family. Yeah, I was but, thinking like maybe it was like a the reboot one. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Wanberg, composer, Emmy-winning music editor, who worked on half of John Williams' music dating back to the 1960s. He was 12, John, right? John Williams of Star Wars fame. Yeah. Was the guy uh, he was 12? 91. 91. Oh, he wasn't 12. Uh, he passed away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, working working with John Williams uh, <laughs> when he was like negative uh, 30 yeah. years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can't edit it now because it's become the joke of the, the, the no, film. No, it's fine. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Huvain partner uh, and manager of the Hollywood firm management 360 former magazine editor and PR executive. He managed everybody from Margot Robbie to Julianne Moore, Zoe Dutch, Zach Braff, Chadwick Boseman, the late Chadwick Boseman and Margaret Qualley. Wow. Um, yeah. Manager extraordinaire of the stars. Um, only at the age of 47, he's been battling depression, guys. Oh, so the cause was an apparent suicide, and it's crazy. We just talked about Miss USA last week, who sadly jumped off her apartment high-rise in New York and felt her death. And yeah, it's very sad. That's super sad. That's a Miss USA, guys. And now uh, Chris Uvain had passed away, so... Yeah, you think about it. I mean, he should be on top of the world. Right. He was insanely successful. Successful Relatively young age. like 47. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's always always insane when you hear about, like, you know, celebrity. Like, these these insanely celebrities. Robin Williams. He wasn't a celebrity because... Chris Cornell. Yeah, right, right. Gosh, there's so many. I'm like, I'm just... I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not happy and you're dealing with depression, like all the stuff you think would be the happiest in the world, all the stuff that makes people the happiest in the world still doesn't work. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that's why they say it's it's a little bit clinical and chemical combined. Oh, it definitely it's, is. It's probably a Com- lot. I mean, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's, that's just a reminder. I mean, take regardless of what you're doing in your life, your number one priority should be taking care of your mental health. Mental health. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and please seek your seek help if, if you need it. If you are feeling depressed, there is professional help out there. So. Yeah. I mean, especially Absolutely. like, you know, because a lot of it is also because there's like a stigma for like men to like talk about their mental health. Especially. Right. Right. And, so yeah, this is a good example of what can happen when you yeah. stigma. Yeah, yeah. And of course, with death we celebrate life. For those another um, another trip around the sun. Um, Carol King, legendary singer, is eighty today. Feel the wow. earth move under my feet. Yes. Oh, yeah. Joe Pesci, those two Utes over there, the Utes. The Utes. What's a Ute? He's seventy nine. He's seventy nine. Wow. Seventy nine. I think it was that old. Mia Farrow, seventy-seven. Uh, Judith Light, great. who's who's the boss? Yeah, and okay. uh, 
transparent and so many other things. The 70. politician. She's really good in the politician. Politician. She's 73. Yeah. yeah. How old is she? 71? 73. She looks 73 back on Who's the Boss. <laughs> oh, no. No, she always actually yeah. had this kind of like ageless look where she could look like she was 30 or look like she was 70. What's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? on the 80s styles made you look older with like the yeah. head, yeah. like that kind of hair? Um, I haven't really heard of any of these actors. I'll skip them. Uh, Amber Valletta from Revenge is uh, 48. Uh, Charlie Day from It's All, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Six. 46. Wow. Yes. Loki is 45. Tom Hiddleston. I'm sorry. 41. I'm making him older than he is. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wow. Act, actor Tom Hiddleston from The Avengers and Loki is 41. Uh, Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther, Creed, and so many, so much more. 35 today. Uh, also 35 is Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones and Downton Abbey, who's also uh, the wife of Kit Harrington, Jon Snow. And that's birthdays today. Yeah. Um, well, uh, wow, what a phenomenal show from top to bottom. So tonight we're ending with a pre-recorded interview that I conducted with director and co-writer Robert Ripberger and actor Boo Boo St- Stewart from Twilight and The Descendants and a movie, a new horror movie that's opening on Friday, February 11th called Those Who Walk Away. I hope you told him that you camped out for Twilight tickets. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell him I'm a, I'm a, a secret Twilight fan. Right. It's, it's not much of a secret. <laughs> you, talk, you talk about it like a, um, a lot. Yeah, well, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Chris Stewart uh, got nominated for an Oscar. Okay. <laughs> well, wow, what a, what a show tonight, man. From top to bottom. From top to bottom, we'd like to thank, of course, our panel, which is I like to call the A-team here on BT. It really is the A-team. Because we yeah. have been convicted for a crime we never commit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the king of the 80s, Chachi McFly. Definitely a soldier of fortune. Yeah. Along with the if you prince. can find us, maybe you can hire us. <laughs> maybe the prince of pop culture as well, <laughs> Gen Pop, the man with a calming presence. I forgot that one earlier. That's yeah, all good. It's Mike all the great General Zod yes. coming back after a hiatus from uh, from uh, reaching out, but nonetheless he's back. <laughs> yeah, think about the A team. Think about all these. Like, most of them were like, standalone episodes. And think about how good the writing. If you could, could took the actors, but have like today's writing, mm-hmm. right? Could have been a really cool series. Have they they reboot? Did they didn't they reboot the eighteen? They did it for a movie. Oh, that's yeah. right. It had mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, sure. okay. Yeah. Brad Page Jackson as Mr. T- as a B. Yeah. yeah. And um and Brad uh Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper's face. face. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I don't think I ever saw that. I should probably go and look that up. They didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well what a, right. a phenomenal show we're gonna um end tonight's show with that exclusive interview and uh we will see you guys next week until then on behalf of everyone here on below the belt show check out below the belt show.com the place to be soundcloud facebook spotify unlike joe rogan <laughs> amazon music apple Podcasts. the list goes on and on yeah. Is Rogan's still on Spotify? Just Neil Young's I, not. I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, okay. Right. <laughs> well, they removed 70 episodes, I believe. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Until then. Peace. peace. All right, guys. Special interview here on Below the Belt Show. My gosh, I'm excited to talk about this film. We have director extraordinaire Robert Ripberger, and we have the star of this amazing film, Those Who Walk Away. We have Boo Boo Stewart. Thanks for joining us here on BTB. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, um, I want to get into my first question because as soon as I uh, I started watching the film, I noticed the Sam Mendes effect, the <laughs> continuous shot. I said 1917. I'm curious on an indie level, budget-wise, how was that done? And also, Boo Boo, as an actor, does the continuous shot make it more challenging? Guessing you got to get those lines down. Um, let's just talk about how, first of all, your film, Those Who Walk Away, uses the continuous shot, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, well, well, I I agree with the continuous shot that it I think it's it should be a subgenre unto itself, right? You've got films like Victoria or um, uh, Hitchcock's Rope, um, obviously 1917. I really think directors explore this. Um, uh, you know, even Birdman, you know, is a series of, of kind of connected shots, and um, I think it's a really interesting way to tell a story, and it is extremely challenging. I will I will say that. Yes. And, and what we did going into this was we knew we wanted to tell a one-shot film, but we also didn't want to make it easy on ourselves. And, you know, we put in everything that they say, you know, don't do. We put in kids. We put in, you know, fires. We put in animals. Um, we, we really wanted to go out there and do something pretty extreme, you know, for a film itself, let alone a one-shot. And, um, and yeah, we were, we're just... I, I think audiences will will be quite excited with uh, with with what 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 turned out. It adds to the creepiness factor, almost like found footage, mm. uh, in a sense, mm. um, but not exactly. Uh, but, but but Boo Boo, tell me about the challenges of of doing a continuous shot type of project. Um, I'm imagining um, throwing out those lines got to be on point. I mean, we're not doing many cutaways. How does that all work with if you do another take, does it have to be edited seamlessly? I'm just very curious on that aspect as well. Totally. Um, all of those things, yes. <laughs> uh, I remember that we were – so we had about a month of rehearsals over Zoom because we shot it, like, uh, when COVID was first, like, going haywire. Oh, and wow. so we're all on Zoom. We're Zooming each other. Uh, Scarlet's in New York. We're all in, like, different places. And uh, we um, – I remember the first time we, we had been zooming for a little bit and I was I had been memorizing the script slowly, <laughs> you know, getting it in my brain. And I had my my script kind of laid out on my computer. But you couldn't see it like on the on Zoom. And I met Rob, he could tell that I was looking down at some of my lines. <laughs> And he called me out, and <laughs> he was like, he didn't call me out directly, but he said, okay, uh, now let's put the scripts away. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. <laughs> and that was the first, like, real, like, um, feeling of, okay, this is, you better gear up, because this is not a joke. You will not be able to stop. You won't be, you won't be able to, like stop mid-take and be like, oh, I messed up my line. You know, we don't have time right. for that. There just isn't time for that. There is not time for that. So yes. when something happens, how do you reinsert something to make it look continuous on the editing standpoint? How does that work? 
You do not. Yeah, you don't do it. No. There is hell. There are no do overs. No, we literally like. I thankfully every that just Rob just like led us into battle and everybody knew what to do. Like we and I don't. I really can't remember like forgetting a line or like or anybody. I don't think anybody forgot lines. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. just a testament to some uh, great acting, almost like theater, right? You're kind of like on that stage where you're not cutting way to the next scene in a film. Yeah. You're just kind of throwing out the whole thing. Yeah, and, and we, we sort of even more complicated it because we shot during Golden Hour. Oh, and wow. so we you know, really only had one or two takes per day. And, you know, and that and that was it or else the sun was too low and we wouldn't be able to use the shot, you know. And so. Wow. So time restraints, too. Wow. Yeah. And then once the sun is down in the film, you know, because we had a younger actor, we had to be wrapped at a certain time. So, again, you know, we only had one or two takes. And so it, you know, I, I, I think it was kind of akin to sports. You know, you train, train, train. And then there's that moment and everybody just kind of goes into the zone and and is there and is present and, and gets it done. Wow. Well, let, let's talk about the locations because I mean, you picked the uh, the creepiest looking house I've ever seen for <laughs> sure. Um, and of course, doing the continuous shot, I'm sure it had to be a very isolated set where you know there's no other extenuating factors interfering on that shot, uh, especially like the bar scene, you know, and that street scene with the theater. How did, did that all uh, take place? Yeah, it, it was a lot of location scouting because, you know, you not only have to find a great location, but then it needs to be in very close proximity to another location in the film. And you don't want to have people walking for 15 minutes. You need So it, there were a lot of very specific needs of the location and also to make it cinematic. So I spent a lot of time tracking down, you know, working with location um, uh, scouts and and frankly, real estate agents too. <laughs> too. <laughs> really, right. calling that favor, right, to use some space. <laughs> yeah. Well, at one point we, at one point we had like bought a house that we were going to use, and then it wasn't ah. okay to burn it, and so we ended up finding finding the one that we did. But yeah, I mean, the locations were were really just on another on another level, but then kind of ratcheted it up even further by our production designer, um, uh, Sonia Fultars. I mean, what she was able to transform, you know, a, a, a house that had been vacant for 20 years um, yeah, into yeah. was quite extraordinary. Wow. What city and state were you shooting? So we shot in Illinois. Um, Illinois? In, yeah, in, in a town called Chillicothe. Um, and then... Yeah, I've heard Chillicothe, yeah. And then in the film, they drive 20 minutes to Dunlap. But because it's one shot in the camera, you switch, we switched it to, um, to high frame rate. And so it basically condensed that 20-minute drive into, you know, only a minute or so. Um, but we were very purist about the entire thing to make sure that it was really all one continuous. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Great job, Robert. And Boo Boo, fantastic job with the acting, especially, um, of course, as we mentioned, continuous shot. You have to know your lines. Uh, tell us about the, the audition process, if you could, and how you assembled uh, the actors for this film and uh, – Boo Boo, uh, I guess you got sent the script. I'm guessing typical script from agent, and then, or were you one of the guys that just were picked uh, from the get go? How'd that go down? Um, I, I I don't know the full backstory, but like I my dad and Rob had worked together because my dad plays Rock Creep and he stunt coordinated the movie. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and my dad and Rob had All worked the together. Family. Yeah, many moons ago, and I think he had contacted him just to do that the same thing for his film. 
and I'm assuming my dad probably like mentioned me or you know I, I, I don't know but um yeah eventually the script just however it happened it got passed into my hands and uh it was a lot of back and forth Rob and I were just like going back and forth with the script like working it out and just I was giving notes he would we were just building on notes and we just kept going back and forth for quite a, a while mm. um and uh yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I loved, like, everything that the script said and what we could do and the potential of, like, even making it just crazier and more just just making having this opportunity to, to do something so wild and free and within the, you know, obviously within the limits of what the story is. Um, but the story itself paved way for such a wild and free energy and zone to live in. So I was just really excited to explore that. And we just kept going back and forth, and eventually we... We landed on something that we were like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that that is great. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what's great with working with Boo Boo on this and it is, it, you know, it wasn't just bringing in an actor, you know, with a ton of insight and experience, but sure, it was sure. really bringing in a collaborator. Um, you know, Boo Boo would say, well, what if, what if we kind of go a little further with this? And, and that for me, I felt like was just like, the perfect question to be asking and, and he would come up with an idea and then I would come up with an idea and then we, okay, well, let's do both of those. And, and it would just kind of start like, you know, fueling the craziness of the film. And, and so, you know, the intensity and, and the sort of how bananas the film gets is, is definitely, you know, a oh large to, to, to our collaboration on that. So bananas, but really quick, Boo, how did you like work with your father? Do you work with your father often? Uh, yeah, we've we've worked together a few times, like when he's stunt coordinating or acting. But uh, yeah, I, I would say this. Yeah, he lent such a big hand on this. Everybody who is a part of the movie really had carried like several like you know wore several hats and like really just carried a lot of weight because there wasn't a lot of people to pass it off to, you know. So right. and I, I will say my dad like because there were so many stunts. Uh, there's so many stunts without cutting also. That's another thing. When you do a stunt in a movie, usually like, okay, this is just the stunts. You're going to do yeah. this, and then you we cut. Is everyone okay? Like, you yeah. know, reset. Is it safe? You know. And if it, somebody's hurt, they're hurt. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's they, the thing. You like, want to mess up the shot. Yeah, for, for our film, like, I, yeah. you know, I'm like running around with a gun, you know, and I, you know, it goes off, you know, and I also am like pushing a child through this crazy little door and I'm, you know, there's fire and there's, you know, fighting and there's everything, you know, falling, a lot of the falling and trying to escape, like that's all really intense stuff. But my dad trusts me a lot with that and his presence brings such a, uh, a he makes everyone feel real safe. And so, uh, and I, because I, I, I feel comfortable going the, to those places and like putting myself out there because I know that it is safe. And yeah. so I was really happy to have him on set. Yeah. Right. Nils is a, is a, is a monster stunt coordinator and also a great monster. So it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm reading rot creep, a sinister creature that rots your body and soul with one touch. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> and I definitely saw the results of, such rottage, it was crazy. But I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory. But what I what I also loved about the film was that just surprise factor because it kind of watched initially as maybe like a little bit of a rom com, maybe you know, a guy trying to you know do the online dating thing, and then of course that 
that funny moment when you expand with the two friends talking on the phone, Boo Boo, and the other actor working, and they're just right next <laughs> next to each other. <laughs> and that black border was just perfect. Like, I really yeah. thought it was a, just a split screen, you know? But no, it wasn't. Oh, Tell us about the idea of, of that particular opening scene with, with the, uh, the two friends on the phone. Yeah, I, I mean, it, the important was very early on, I wanted to signal to the audiences that this is different, right? And and we wanted to do things in, in very different ways. And so I had this yeah. idea of this on-screen split screen. And um, I would say the majority of people who read it, absent of Boo Boo, Boo Boo was like, oh, it's a great idea, which is also why I was like, you're, you're the guy. <laughs> but a lot of people were like, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I was like, don't worry, don't worry, we'll get there. Like, is it was like you know i want to take this sort of like i guess magical realism to it and um and there's just so much more um elderman says you know whenever we come to deeper languages we always come to that of the poetic and so Mm -hmm. i felt like this is our place to to do that in so many ways and and you know boo boo said very early on he's like you don't really get to make a movie like this very often where you can yeah everything can everything is possible and so you know it was it was like all right let's 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 do it wow and i'll tell you i've had some crazy tinder hinge you name the dating app i've had it but the craziest have either of you had crazy tinder dates or uh, online dates before I, that result resulted in something crazy like this <laughs> i just i just remember your story <laughs> I just remember when we were driving in the chase car and it was Boo Boo and Scarlett ahead and they're yeah. going to the haunted house. Nils was like, you know, a way to s- summarize this movie is like, how far will a guy go to get laid? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Nils, Nils. It should have been the tagline on the poster. How far yeah. is he going to get laid? <laughs> That's true because she was showing so many red flags. It looked like uh, uh, it had more red flags than a, a castle or something. It was just like so many. Times. <laughs> I mean, That's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about working with Scarlett Sperduto Avery. Uh, wow, what a brilliant actress! A very lovely and beautiful actress as well. Uh, how was how that? And, and great, great uh, chemistry uh, initially. I saw that in the beginning, and then of course. Um, things get a little crazy with her character, um, not to reveal much that happens in the second half, but uh, tell us about your working with uh, Scarlett. Oh, it was fantastic. As soon as, like, I remember I was super nervous. I was talking to Rob, I was like, who, who's, who are we going to get, you know, like, to play this part? Because every person really mattered, you know, like, yeah, really, really, really mattered. And I was really concerned that we were going to get someone that just oh, either just wasn't committed enough or just like wasn't you know just in it and uh also someone who maybe couldn't hold the weight of what we were doing um and so i was really nervous honestly to end up i didn't i was working with her on zoom for like a month until we met in person and when we finally met we were gonna shoot the movie you know (laughs) so uh super nervous about what was she what she'd be like if we'd get along and uh so easy like such an easy connection between the two of us um we just hit it off instantly uh, even over zoom like we we would make fun of rob constantly when he wasn't listening 
and just like <laughs> we, we built a connection off of that and <laughs> it, was, it was great <laughs> it was awesome we were like rob wants us to do this like does he not know we've been on zoom for like hours already my eyes are burning like this guy's crazy i just love how the movie is is uh just very you don't not expect i mean you already know the genre is horror but initially you're like waiting for that moment when does it get creepy and crazy and then it just boom kind of like that from yeah. dust till dawn you know effect what from I the like first half of the movie is, too is like it's literally like the first half of the movie right so, exactly so, so yeah. like it really takes uh a long time to get there so it's almost like a, you're waiting for the punchline and you're waiting and then you kind of forget because it takes such a long time you know which is awesome i think that's kind of the magic of the film the no rules all right. Well, uh, I was told we got to wrap it up. So, uh, just a couple questions before we uh, end the interview. Um, tell us uh, all the streaming platforms because I think we've hyped up this movie enough um, where we can see it. I know it's getting a theatrical release. Yes. And um, and then where can we see it on the streaming platforms? Yeah. Yeah. So the film is is coming out tomorrow, uh, February 11th, and it'll be just a Google search away. It'll be on all the the, the streaming platforms. It's also showing theatrically for a week at the the Lamley in in, um, in Glendale, um, at the uh, Film Noir Theater in Brooklyn, and um, and then also in in Minneapolis and and Chicago. All right, and bef- uh, one more question for each of you before you go. Other great projects, uh, Robert. I'm reading here that you have a stop motion animation film uh, called The Inventor uh, with uh, Wow. I mean. Ray from Star Wars, Daisy Ridley. I mean, uh, <laughs> if you could talk a little bit about that project. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty phenomenal actually. I'm uh, the day after the premiere, I'm headed to Europe to um, to do some recording with with Marion Cotillard for the film. And um, but yeah, it's 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 quite it's been quite a project. It'll be uh, we're looking at at um, at spring 2023. So as Stop motion takes a tremendous amount of time. Or oh yeah, one of the longest um, right? Indeed, but yeah, we, we just started started filming actually this um, this week, so it's been very exciting. All right, and we've got a uh, float from the Blumhouse uh, people coming up as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Zach Locke is you know very talented executive, and and now also stepping into the directing seat. So you know that that film is around the corner as well. And Boo Boo, you're part of two of the biggest, I mean, heck, three of the biggest franchises and fandoms out there, X-Men, Descendants, and Twilight. Um, obviously, Descendants, uh, you've been a part of multiple films, but uh, is there any, has there been any uh, talks about uh, your, your character on Warpath, or is there a possibility we could see the Return of Seth in a, a Twilight um, <laughs> sequel down the road? Uh, what, what would you like to see? I don't know. I, I don't I don't really know. I feel like so ex- obviously extremely thankful to have been a part of all of those. Um, but I also feel very happy with what we did. You know, um, I I always I think the one that keeps circling around is Twilight. Like all every like couple months here. Oh, maybe they're gonna make another one. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like I don't know. Like honestly, I have no idea. I if they were, I'd love to like read it and like obviously I'd. I'm so happy to be part of that family. So it would be, I think it'd just be really fun to revisit. But um, your your girl Kristen Stewart for uh, uh, nominating for that Oscar, Spencer. Oh gosh, Every, <laughs> they're all killing it. Her and Robert killing it. I, yeah, I love right? like, all the choices they're making. I, it, it's it's so great. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just thankful to be a part of it. And if things happen in the future, they happen. But you know, I don't know. 
It's hard to say. Awesome. Well, we'll wrap up the interview. And before we go, if you could let us know who both of you are. Throw out a plug for those who walk away. And let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Awesome. Go ahead. I'm go Robert ahead. Ripper, the, the director of Those Who Walk Away. And it's great to be here on uh, the Below the Belt show. Awesome. Hey, I'm Booba Stewart from Those Who Walk Away. And you're watching Below the Belt show. Woo! That is awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much. Every, we're going to do a snapshot. One, yeah. two, and three. Smile. <laughs> There it goes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. That was great. Thank all you right, so much. Can't wait to see you. Yeah. Good luck with the film. Really happy you liked it. Thanks for all the kind words. Right. Bye bye. I think we learned something. <laughs> well, it has been a whole show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. <laughs> this is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.